This isn't a nerky. You just think it is. It's actually a uh, episode. Regular one. Of uh, it's just a regular one. It's every man's guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are watching this, I think you can see Kyle and I are in the moving pictures. Mm-hmm. We are the moving pictures. Audience doesn't, doesn't seem we to. We are the involved. moving pictures. They're captivated. No, they don't. We have a captive they audience. Suck. Like, and we even paid them to be here. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, Obviously, not enough. That's actually how we get most people to listen to our. No, that's mostly how we get people to listen to this. Mm-hmm. But we're checking are... the mail, beer up. <laughs> so, Sweet. don't welcome... cash it for like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah call me before <laughs> you run that thing through the two bank. Months. Yeah. Let me know before you run that. Two months, dude. So welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40-something-year-olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. You guys might know us online as uh, Guyver for Chris and K-Safe for me. That's what we use on the Twitches. And uh, with us again as we're um, plowing our way through the MCU Phase 1, our uh, good longtime friend, Mr. B-Rob. Looks like you finally thought it out, like you're mobile now. Last time you didn't even blink through the whole damn show. It was amazing. Like, believe me, everybody's going to want to go back to that picture with me holding up a Guinness and not blinking after they see all of this. <laughs> was, I was glorious. getting angry. Like, drink the damn beer. Drink the beer. He wouldn't and just, do it. He wouldn't. He just held the beer for two and a half hours. It was really warm. Good thing I wasn't a car bomb. I would have been in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So. But this, if it's a Guinness, warm Guinness isn't bad. No, I mean, it's Guinness. So it's Guinness. It's at the time we're recording this. Um, we just released part two of MCU, I believe, this morning, mm-hmm. and the Nurky, yeah. Nurky number six, which is episode nine for us. Um, so you can go out and listen to Mr. B Rob and his analysis on part two. Um, so we are literally plowing our way through this. And the problem is I knew we would not get through all three of these movies because they're just so massive. And the problem is I have a feeling once we start plowing through and I'm just going to use the word plowing through, because that's what we try to do. Um, Mm -hmm. It's still pretty close to Valentine's Day, so we can it, we can use the we plowing. We can say reference. that because I'm I'm yeah. fairly certain there was no plowing in any house. Um, mm. Snow plow? No, the snow plows didn't even show up in my damn house. Oh, mine didn't either. So, like it's, sons of bitches. We are in the middle of a really massive uh, the three of us um, snowstorm here, um, which mm-hmm. is a historic cold. It is a negative fourteen right now with the wind chill. Um, yeah. And we're all pretty close geographically in the state. And it's just, it's nuts just how much snow, then they're predicting more snow. Mark my word. So they already told us, don't expect the kids back till 
at earliest Thursday, Friday. I have a feeling the kids won't even be in this week. No. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really getting damn tired of being part of history the last couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to make history in a different way. Like... Mm-hmm. Like the dude who, like the streaker at the Super Bowl, the guy who made like 4,000 bucks or however much it was. Yeah. Like, that's how I'd like to make history or, you know, not pandemic and Super I heard that's Bowl. still unfounded. That the guy would maybe just have been running, may have just been running his mouth because I have a feeling if he would have made that bet and it was connected back to him that he's mm-hmm. the one who did it, but he plays bets. Some guys with some brass knuckles would be showing up. Yeah. He'd be having That's some true. some thumb issues. Hmm. He he could not play pinochle anymore. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah, this cold sucks. We're just throwing that out there. So it it sucks. My little my little Hawaiian ass hates it. I'll put it that way. Um. Someone made fun of me because like my heater cannot keep up with this. I was telling B Rob earlier, and I think he was telling Kyle too. Like they we found out that when we moved into this house, the builder undersized our air conditioner so we had to replace that like a summer ago well guess what we found out the hard way during this extreme cold that he the builder undersized the heater as well because i had it you know normally set around 74 um normally it's i like it like we're about 70 ish 72 but the girls get cold so it's struggling like it's I'm just watching it drop and drop and drop. And when I worry about shit, like I start worrying about it. And so I can't sleep. So I'll get up. Like when I got up at like one to go check, you know, it was just dropping and it was like 66. And so I couldn't go back to sleep from there. It's just one of those things that, you know, as a nerd, that's the kind of shit you obsess about. You get an idea in your head and you just can't get it out. Like if I can't find something, I'm the same way. I know it's in the house somewhere and I won't rest until I find it. I mean, do you guys have any weird obsessions like that as nerds? Uh, mine is the completionist side of it. Like if I'm watching uh, a series, we talked about this a little bit last night too, when we did our WandaVision stuff that like I've been going through um, watch, rewatching the old X-Men movies. Cause I haven't, I've never watched all of them. And so I was messaging Chris as I was going through him like, Hey, I'm watching, you know, X-Men, I'm watching X2. And he's like, Oh, you don't really have to watch those. Those don't even really count. Then, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm on to Wolverine origin stories. Like, no, you don't really have to watch. I was like, but I have to, I can't not watch them. Like if I'm going to watch all of them. universe. Yeah. I'm I'm going to watch, if I'm going to watch them, I'm going to watch all of them. There's that's my guy. I'm a big list guy. So like every morning, like, especially for work, I make my list and then try to cross out as much stuff. Usually I end up adding more double the stuff onto the list without completing anything. Um, but that's probably my biggest deal. Or when I'm randomly thinking about something, typing it into my phone as a note, so I'll remember to go look it up later because I can't remember my short-term you, memory like that's awful. But do you end up going back to it? Or is you one of the ones you, mm-hmm. you have to put it down and then you forget to yeah. go back to it? Yeah, no, I, I have to get back to it. It's just I have to write it down or where I just it's gone. lose you know, my that's, mind. And that's kind of what being in this category is. You you get these weird obsessions of stuff that you have to do. It's almost like a obsessive obsessive compulsive obsessive compulsive disorder. It's almost like OCD, but I think it's a little bit less, or it could be full on blown. I don't know. 
I'm not going to go see a doctor about it. So with that, let's dive into Captain America, the first Avenger. Arguably, arguably the best plot-driven Marvel movie that they have done to date. My opinion. Totally my opinion on that, but everything about this movie was fleshed out phenomenally. Um, from the backstory to... I mean, we're going to pick it apart. Don't get me wrong. And there's going to be some stuff that we didn't like in it, but I think the overall consensus is it's just a damn good movie. So... Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, like we talked about before, I definitely don't think it's one that it could have started off the series. But mm -hmm. like you said, it's very well developed. So with that, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger was was released. So 2011 was a big year for Marvel. It was a big year for Marvel. Um, July 22nd, 2011 was Captain America, the first Avenger. Directed by Joe Johnson. <clears throat> Um, so we start off on Captain America, the first Avenger by it's the Arctic, you know, and it's your classic terrible snowstorm. Um, and you know, you see a modern car and like a guy walking with like this lantern, almost a uh, stick lantern. <clears throat> and, uh, you don't know if this guy's a scientist or whatnot. You assume he's a scientist, but he's talking to these other guys, asking if they're from the government. And because he's found something. And lo and behold, they find what looks like um, the wing of something. We don't know what it is. And the pole is like those uh, runway lights yeah. that they're putting down um and then what i thought was really cool is they have this sort of a laser machine going on at it just lasers. spinning the circle lasers and you know then they're lowered down into whatever it is um it's so when you guys balloon. saw it's, <laughs> it's a weather balloon um you know they're walking around and it's obviously some sort of cockpit some sort of machine um the first and this is within all the first three minutes or so um they get to the front and then all of a sudden they see something inside the ice that's kind of reflective and it's like a, a red reflection and so they move away you know the snow from the ice and they call over um what did they say did they say something to the effect of we found him um, um I'm doing the scene by scene thing again. Yeah, it's something yeah. like that. Yeah, something. Okay, yeah, it was something like um, we've waited long enough, and it's Cap Shield in the ice. So, what did you guys think at this point in time when you watched it? Because I remember it being in the theater, and we knew it. You know, we knew we paid the ticket for Captain America. We knew it was going to be something Captain America related, but. I remember at the time just sitting in the theater, just getting goosebumps, just being so damn excited, going, it's it's Cap Shield. You know, this is awesome. I mean, and that was kind of 
that to me, like being in a theater watching these, that's kind of the magic of it too. Like everyone's going through kind of the same emotions. Um, Because I remember the guy like two seats down from me going, oh, damn, yelling out. (laughs) And, you know, we all just started cracking up. But it was just, I just remember being so happy because one of my childhood heroes was actually coming to life in a good movie, we were assuming. And Marvel does such a great job of every movie has a moment like that. And I I mean, there's so many of them that just stand out to me. And this was, I agree with you, Chris. I mean, whether it was... Um, as a kid pretending you know the trash can lid was the shield or mm-hmm. or a frisbee was the shield or whatever um, the very very iconic moment and, and, and it is it's it's just it's just something about the magic of watching these bringing your childhood heroes to life and this is one of the those moments for me yeah, I mean, to me, it ranks up there with um, as far as the emotion of um, Thanos when he the snap, snapped yep. his fingers, uh, when Cat picked up Mjolnir later on. I mean, yes. there's these, these moments, and, and it's at one point in um, uh, in Age of Ultron where Cat, you, you think Cap's going to pick it up, and you're like, oh my god, he's going to pick it up, he's going to pick it up, and then he can't pick up Mjolnir for whatever you know because none of them are worthy at that time so they they just do such a good job of setting that stage and getting everybody on the edge of their seats and sometimes you're uh, dang or sometimes you're just ah. mm. yep yep oh. watching meow meow. Watch meow 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 i like to build up yep. like what you're talking about like you're on the edge of seat and like oh man oh man oh like i like that there's plenty of those in there too where it's not predictable like right because you can see like the buildup happening that something epic is getting ready to happen and if it happens every single time it loses its effect so just like that you know cap not being able to pick up mjolnir um the little disappointment not disappointment's a bad word but the you you can't have just tons of positive stuff you gotta have the ups and downs and the and uh it makes the next thing that much better yeah yeah i completely agree with all that um, I'm getting my place back in the show notes here. Um, you know, once once we get to that, then we go through the title scene, and then we have. Damn it! Hold on, I lost my spot. Someone take it from here while I get my spot on the notes again. And so like... then it goes to um, Johann Schmidt. There we go. Okay. Oh, that's uh, right entering the monastery looking for the artifact uh the jewel of odin's chamber i believe is how maybe uh, how what was it called reference uh, looking here I remember what they because we it. just in the thor episode we called it something oh it was the uh i'll tell you right here i have it wrote down the, i also forgot the uh, casket of ancient winters that's right but they didn't call it that but that's what we knew it as mm-hmm. at the time it was a, so okay i don't know what it was about and it happened a lot in this movie to me and it's probably just because of the particular energy I, I had so many just like indiana jones moments with it like just like we're you know they're in the opening scene they're gonna it's probably just because it's nazis that may just be it but um there's just a lot of moments that i i kind of had that you know i i re, that's how i relate things in my head like this movie reminds me of this movie this reminds me of this movie 
And I'm always looking to see, did somebody borrow this from here? Did they borrow this from here? Or were, were they influenced by this? And like, if you, you know, just pause in this scene when, it, um, when you're getting ready to open, there's like a tune. You know, if you just pause it without context, without any subtitles, you know, you could, that could, looks like they could just drop into an Indiana Jones movie anytime. Yeah. Well, kind of like you're saying, I kind of thought there for a minute, I was like, ooh, is, is Peggy going to be uh, Elsa, you know, from uh, Indiana Jones, uh, The Last Crusade? It's like, is, is somehow this going to turn and it's going to be a whole change in, um, you know, in plot? And, you know, hey, that's not what Peggy Carter did in the comics, but, you know, that's kind of, where my head was going at the moment. It's like, how are they going to flip this? Who's going to be, you know, are they going to make something even more dastardly play into this, uh, I don't know, the whole Red Skull Nazi thing? Right. And, you know, then we're, then we're there and which Indiana Jones is a Disney property too. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, I thought it was really cool then all of a sudden, you know, because we're in Norway on this opening scene. But oh, then yeah. all of a sudden, the wall falls down and kills the guy who is warning the old guy. And it's almost like a battering ram. Um, I think, which I think it is a battering ram that busts through the wall. Like a big front end um, loader looking thing. And then all of a sudden, this kick-ass car pulls up with a um what's the thing on the hood called i can't think of it right now um on the car hood ornament the hood ornament with uh, the hood ornament being the metal skull with the six tentacles coming out of it who gentlemen we know as the symbol of hydra 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 um what did you what did you guys well just to roll back (laughs) there's something that that we didn't talk about that is like super important for the rest of the run of the series. Oh, is, go ahead. Yeah. Is this happened, this happened in Norway, but it happened in a very particular place in Norway. Which was, I'll probably butcher the pronunciation of it, but it, it's uh, Tonsberg or uh, what was the name of it? I just seen it. Uh, Tonsberg. Tonsberg. I'm sorry. Norway, which, you know, later on as we get through them, you know, that plays into a uh, a lot of the Thor storyline and and which you know this is from Odin's chamber itself but that, that little town in Norway has seen a lot of action seen a lot of stuff happen oh it has hasn't it I didn't even put that together good call nice um, and then out walks the gentleman from the car and you know we don't see who it is at first um, we can kind of see his face when he's yelling at them to open the tomb. And it's this really imposing figure. Um, and he walks down, and lo and behold, it is Agent Smith from The Matrix. It's Elrond from Lord of the Rings. Um, it was it Hugo we- Weaving or Weaving? Weaving. 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 Hugo Weaving. Um, which I thought, personally, he did a phenomenal job in this role. Like mm-hmm. for, and the, you'll find out more. I don't think that they gave, they fleshed out his character enough in this movie. That's one of my complaints. 
about this is he he was just kind of he was always just kind of there they didn't give him you know they did a great job of fleshing out everyone else's storyline just about in this movie except for red skull and you would think they would have developed that a lot more with him being the you know one of the most iconic marvel villains there is yeah, he, he could have been a, a great like multi-movie arc bad guy i mean he, he does come back um, later in a, in a way but um yeah like even like somebody like me that didn't grow up reading all the comics but you know i was aware of characters i knew who red skull was he's that that iconic and it, i wanted i wanted more of him after watching this and me not knowing as much as you guys know i still wanted more of him because it's just visually a cool cool freaking character it really is yeah um they open this very very nordic looking chest um if you remember it like had so did you guys think that was a dragon or do you think that was the world serpent like the eye when he pushed i think it was kind of I, the world serpent i thought it was asgardian serpent just because it already you could already see that um the world tree and um yeah so i thought it was your kind of the world serpent um which what i love about marvel is they will reference other marvel movies heavily or even if it's in glancing in their movies so and you know this is a throwback to thor a little bit more too like kyle was saying because we're in this town um and i just know if you guys see me if you're on the video and see me doing this so we're actually recording when the sun is up right now and of course it's hitting right where the effing blinds have little cracks so i have targets on me and it keeps bouncing off my glasses too so i'm trying to get out of the way um kind of gives you a little street cred yeah does it thanks <laughs> well at least something's giving me some street cred <clears throat> um basically he pulls out this um it's glowing blue inside the the case when he pulls it out it's just this cube just and was it clear or was it just like it was like frosty. Was it all white i think it was it was frosty yeah, it was ice yeah ice and it, you know like nothing was there um he's talking to him more and basically they end up um the old man who he has open it, they end up executing him. Like extreme Nazi bastards, mm -hmm. you know, like very leave no witnesses behind. Um, that's exactly what it was. Um, and then they end up shooting and killing the old man and blood splatters everywhere, of course. And then it it pans out that from the scene and his um, little lapel is Hydra, except it has, I thought was extremely, extremely symbolic. The blood splattered on the skull of the Hydra skull. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For Red Skull and for Hydra later, the very iconic Hydra symbol. <clears throat> so I mean, what do you guys think after this opening? I mean, I got, I kind of got chills from this. 
it was uh, probably the most ominous bad guy intro that we've seen yet. Um, like we get we get introduced to bad guys and villains and other movies leading up to this, but that one may have been to me like that was the darkest one. Like this one is going to have some dark moments in it because of that. Um, you know, I, I, I liked it just, just because of it. It was the clearest cut. Like you knew who the villain was. I don't, I mean, Iron Man, you don't know at the very beginning. Right. Obadiah Stone's it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, unless you know some of the source material, you don't know Loki's bad, you yeah. know? Right. Um, so it was just a clear cut. Okay. This is the dude that's going to kill some people. Right. Um, it it was awesome. It really was. It, it kind of took um, this one more of a like a classic American action movie take to where like you see the bad guy pretty early on and you know who the bad guy is, um, which is kind of appropriate for Captain America, you know, being the most American of the Avengers. And I and I think that's what led to my a little bit of my disappointment because I felt like man they are gonna it's gonna be more than just movie this one movie. They just made him so bad that I felt like it was just ripped away from me. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like they could have really done, and who knows, they might. It's just not going to be Hugo Weaving, but they, who knows, they might continue yeah. to do something with the Cosmic Cube later on. And, you know, well, one thing that I kind of like about the MCU and I kind of dislike at the same time. Death is final in the MCU. Once you're dead, you're dead. You well, is it? Is it? So far as we know, is it? Skull (laughs) the skull comes back, but he's dead. He's he's not flesh and blood. WandaVision Vision's back, but he only exists within Wanda's hex field. We haven't seen Widow back yet. 50% of the universe died and came back. Right. Different. I mean, how many of those people that died were uh, from the alternate uh, dimension? That's true. Gamora, Thanos, and all of his people. That's true. But our, our Gamora is gone. So, something to think about. I mean, I see, I see what both of you are trying to say. I'm I don't think anybody to... is ever dead. In no, it, no, they're not. But so far, it's like as wrestling, we know, never say never. Never, never say, say. We talked about that. <laughs> never say, never say that person's going to retire because it ain't happening. Exactly. Um, was it? Was it last night we were talking about the Ric Flair thing, Kyle? Yeah, Agent. Woo! The, yeah, wait, <laughs> Agent Woo. We called him Agent Jimmy. Woo. <laughs> He kicked um, some ass. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Go listen to our Nurky about episode six, and you'll get the reference about Agent Jimmy. Woo! God, he was so that's going to come back. That's going. I hope that stays the same. Awesome. Um, I need to doctor up that picture still. So <clears throat> then we see a picture of um of New York, obviously New York, and I'm assuming that's the Brooklyn Bridge that they're showing. And these guys are reading no- newspapers, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, you see all these huge guys, you know, 
tall guys, muscular guys, and the guy puts his paper down, and we have our hero, Chris Evans. And I don't know about you guys, but I died like laughing when I saw him the first time because he was probably like, you know, five, six compared to these six foot giants and like 90 pounds at best. And so they did a great job with the CG on this because yeah. the only problem I had with this, he still had the Chris Evans head and face, at least the face on a smaller body. So it just looked really weird. So this but they is did like a good job making it. Almost 10 years out now. And it, the special effects, held, they still hold up. <clears throat> Yeah, they do. That's something I always worry about when I see something cool now, <laughs> uh, especially something like that. And I'm like, okay, well, if I go back and like, I really like this movie, and I'm going to rewatch it in five to seven years. Like, is it going to hold up, or is it going to look pretty cheesy? And so far, this still holds up. So, you know, he's talking to the doctor, and they ask, you know, what your dad died of, or you know, your dad was enlisted. Said, yeah, what he die of? Mustard gas. His mom was a nurse, died of TB in the ward. Um, and then the doctor's looking through the list of all his, uh, would it be illnesses or just itises? His ailments, his ailments and itises, and it was a long list. It was a super, super long list. Uh, B-Rob, do you remember any of them? Um. No, not off the I top of my head. I, I'm going to have to cheat. Nah, I've already no, cheat, that. cheat I away. Cheated. Um, Scarlet fever. Yep. Uh, Asthma. Cold, high blood pressure. Like heart trouble. Um, <clears throat> sinusitis. And <laughs> again, very important. He was in a household that had TB. Yeah. Right. Um, diabetes, Fatigue, just everything. Long. Yep, yeah, fatigue was one. Uh, gets colds all the time. Basically, this dude sucks. Mm -hmm. Like he is—he's that friend that you guys are planning on going out with, but gets sick every single time just before you go out. Yeah. Like before you guys have this big plans, he's that friend. Which is okay. You still love him, but he's his, just that person that gets sick all the time. His mom never lets anybody come over because he's always sick and he's stuck in his room. He's it. Has to sit in the corner of the, the classroom. Bubble. He's bubble boy. Yep. He's bubble boy. And then they asked, you know, is there anything you can do? And he's like, basically, I'm doing it. And the doctor's like, yeah, nope, sorry. I'm saving your life and gives him the rejection stamp. So next thing we know, um, I'll get to this part here in a sec, but you're in the theater. Um, Chris Evans is in the theater, um, Steve Rogers. He's in the theater and he's watching a movie. And it's, of course, this is during, what is this, 42-ish? 40, yeah. Would you guys say, give or take? Um, so it's those old movies that is how they did the newsreels. No one that's listening to this will remember any of this from the time it happened, but we've all seen the movies and the TV shows where it showed, you know, the... You know, hey, Jimmy, thanks to the war effort, save tin. The Nazis are bastards. And, you know, it's like one of those black and white, the new, how you got the newsreels in like the fake world that was spinning. Johnny's doing his part. He's investing in war bonds. Yes, like that. 
and that's what it is. Um, that's exactly what it was. And he's sitting there just watching it, which the way that he was sitting there makes me think that like he would go to these like every single day. Like you could tell Steve Rogers, he wanted to be in this war so bad to enlist. So I just thought, you know, this guy goes to this every day because that's kind of his thing. It's a very uh, you hear high trousers, fast talking time period. So. Yeah, it, and it, it really was. And this was in front of a cartoon, too, which you wouldn't think you would have. Um, at the time, it was acceptable, but you wouldn't have a world, world War newsreel in front of a cartoon today. No. Like today, let's say we were going to be watching, I don't know, like um, Young Justice. You wouldn't think you'd be watching a COVID special in front of that giving the COVID mortality numbers and stuff. No. That's kind of what this was like. And there's this guy just yelling the whole time in this movie, you know, let's get on with it. Show the cartoon. Um, you know, show the cartoon. I don't know why he's from Boston. Um, he wasn't. This is in New York. He could have made it over. It, 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 makes, it makes people hate him that much more because they think he's a Red Sox fan. There we go. And that's it. Or a Patriots um, fan. Or Patriots fan. I think you guys could tell uh, what teams B Rob likes now at this point. That guy wasn't um, very patriotic. <laughs> and next thing you know, um, Steve basically talks back to this guy, um, tells him to shut the hell up, basically. And the guy stands up, and the dude is giant. And if we remember, literally like two minutes ago, Steve is just—he's just a little fellow. Mm-hmm. and next thing you know they're out in the back alley and uh, Steve's down on the ground getting punched and he gets up gets punched again gets up almost gets punched again and I thought this is what um, foreshadowing he picked up the garbage lid and held it out in front yeah. of him like a shield so I remember watching that part in the theater and just going man you know this is it right here. This is when it's starting to feel real for me right now. Mm-hmm. This is Captain America right now. Even though he is this little itty bitty guy, he's still standing up to, he's the little guy standing up to the big guy. He had it where it mattered in his heart. And it's right there. I mean, it really just sets the tone. You know, that's when you really start to think, man, I'd go to war with this guy. Uh huh. This exactly. is a dude that I, I would run through a wall for. Yeah. So. Well, then he gets punched again and then gets up again. And the guy said, you know, basically you don't know when to give up. And I think the most iconic cap line for the MCU that ran through his run was said then, which was B-Rob. What was the line? You're blanking it yet. I'm blanking it. Yeah. I can do this all day. He's going to drill us. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> do you think that's his most iconic line i think that's the one that people remember avengers assemble because yeah. he's wiping yeah. blood off his face but all the people i've asked the one the line that they remember like you and i would would think that the avengers assemble i think that's his most captain america in general that's his most iconic line because that's what's said throughout the comics the video games you know, that's what we know Cap from. 
but everyone I've ever talked to that has never read the comics and has only watched the movies, this is their only thing they know. They only know him saying, the main thing they can remember him saying is, I can do this all day. And that's that been shocking to me. That's That's been consistent, though. Wow. Like everyone I've talked to, that has been consistent. So it, 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 I agree. I think Avengers Assemble is his most iconic line, but for the MCU, I think that for most people who've never read the comic, I think this is it for them. <clears throat> I've had people tell me, like, you know, uh, when he's running laps around Sam, when he's, you know, what on, he your say, on your right, on your left, on your left. You know, I've heard, I've heard people say that. Mm -hmm. Right. I've never, I don't think I've ever had anybody tell me that I could do this all day. See, and, Kyle, what you know? What have you discussed with people? Mm, we never really had to come up much. Um, you know, I would I would still be in the, that camp of Avengers Assemble and right, and, uh, right, uh, that. But you know, I mean, I can see where I can do this all day. I mean, that really kind of his first big stick it to him line that mm -hmm. that really shows his character. I could see where it could be. I haven't. I haven't had to come up as much. Because um, you know, he said it to Thanos. He said it to. Um, didn't he say that to the. To the Hydra agents in Winter Soldier. Did he say it to Iron Man at one point? I, said, I think he, he says it to Iron Man. Man too. So, it, why don't you guys tell us in the Discord chat yeah. what you think his most iconic line is? And in the MCU, as related to the MCU, the movies that we're talking, not comics. So, and then all of a sudden he gets rescued by this really big guy um, in a military uniform. And mm -hmm. what was cool about that, we didn't know who this was at the time. We do now. <clears throat> um but they just start talking you know um did you guys have any clue who this was no not until he said buck yep you know that's not <clears throat> yeah no it didn't it didn't register at the time right until then. and and then it ended up being it's bucky bucky barnes his best friend childhood best friend the guy who's always bailing steve out <clears throat> Um, Bucky Barnes, who we will know later as a huge cat villain, but we'll get into that once we get into phase two. Yep. That's where I really started liking him in that in that portion because I'm coming at this as just a pure movie watcher. And yep. I didn't I didn't like Bucky as much the first go through watching this. As, I thought he was a throwaway character. Yeah. He 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 didn't really stick with me. And so like I said, that's coming just straight as a movie watcher. He, you know, yeah, what happens later and stuff when we talk about that, I could appreciate it being tragic for the sake of it being tragic and all that, but um, it wasn't until Winter Soldier and I was like, okay, I like Bucky. I like this guy. Mm -hmm. You know, I like this character. I don't have to necessarily like what the character is doing, which is that means he's doing a good job at what he's doing, um, but because you, you can really like a character for the sake of not liking them and then you can just not like a character mm -hmm. and, and the, the first go around with Bucky he, he just he didn't stick with me um that much and that could be you know 
Um, I think that's that's important to look at with these movies because he stuck with you guys because you knew him from before. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a huge impact on me. Never, I watched it um, until later, and then it started making more sense and became better down the road. And so I, I think that if there's anything that these movies can improve on, it would be something like that. There, there's there's a lot of uh, nuggets and things out there for the comic fans because you, they, you have to play that. You have to um, do the fan service there. But if, you know, they, they could have, I think could have made him stick better for me. And there's, there's a few characters throughout the entire run of all these movies that are obviously iconic and super important characters. But if you're just a straight movie watcher and you don't go back and hit the source material or whatever, then it's, you know, I'm just like, oh, well, they weren't that big a deal. And then you get the the nerd rage and those guys like, what do you mean it's not a big deal? That character, this, this, and this, and this, you know, you, you invoke, you invoke that, that response from it. So there's, I, I, I think it would be great of them to going forward with however many more phases we're going to see now. If there is a character that it, that should be iconic and make them hit home just a little bit harder for just the straight movie watchers. Well, I think he did because, well, for me, you know, I, I mean, I knew the backstory and stuff, but just being that, that best friend and losing that person yeah, um, was such a big, I don't know. I, th- I think it, I think for me, it, I, I would, lo- I can't say for sure. Cause obviously I'm not in those shoes, but I think I would have resonated with him and understood a little bit more and, and kind of latched on, but there are definitely characters to your point that I think um, they don't do a good enough job in making us buy into them. Oh yeah. His loss was tragic. Like, I, I mean, I could, I could feel for Steve. I feel for Cap. It, it hits you in the feels. But everything outside of that just he wasn't fleshed out. Well. Didn't didn't hit. Yeah, well, so. yeah. Just like what we we're talking about with with uh, Schmidt with Red Skull earlier. I would love some more. I would love some more uh, some more Bucky flesh if we could. You know. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even. Gonna. That's to such up. an easy joke. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even gonna go on that one because it's. It, that's too easy. Um, <laughs> that was a good one though. I, I, was, but I, I agree. I, I, I threw I, it I out there for you. I left it dangling. <laughs> Literally, he left the Bucky flush dangling. <laughs> yeah. One second. I'll be right back with you guys. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh, he just found a apparently picture of the Bucky flush. So Kyle, we'd be back in thirty seconds. Um. <laughs> so we'll we'll go on because we'll go here, but we we go to the Bucky takes um. Uh, Cap or at the time Steve Rogers to this big like like it's like the um like a world's fair almost like a you know it's the fair of tomorrow. Do you remember seeing who there was like this really futuristic like fly looking tube like futuristic with like all these like uh diodes on top and capacitors and do you remember who was inside that uh human torch right human torch uh was that golden or silver that was silver age human silver torch age. wasn't it yeah silver silver age <clears throat> so it doesn't say he was the human torch <clears throat> but marvel threw that in there for us fanboys um this isn't the human torch that we know that's johnny storm from the fantastic four this was an android that was built to fight the Nazis and had 
you know, flame powers, which I just thought it was, I just thought it was a really, really cool little Easter egg that they threw in there. Right. Cause I remember doing that go, that's human torch. Sorry. Um, I had to step away for just a second there, but might. some uh, good non podcast related news. I've got water. So. Yay. <laughs> hey, I step away and everything's running out. It's wait, like it's not running wait, out of the house. Wait, 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 wait. Did you go, drip all your pipes if not go do that real quick yeah i've, okay, I've got good. i got several of them just running right now and i'm gonna let them run for a bit okay so okay good um and and to break off i am not looking forward to my water gas and electric bill next month i'm glad that they deferred the student loans for a little bit because i'm gonna need that extra you know 600 just to pay for all those i just hold up in my little man cave here and turn the heater down the rest of the house to about 65 and plug in my electric heater let the water you're good. run. Yeah, I don't. I don't leave this room. So, B Rob, I'm just. I just noticed you're wearing your Ross Group uh, hoodie there, or jacket. So, um, as I understand it, there are several people from the Ross Group that are listening to our podcast. So, we really, really appreciate you all. We mm -hmm. really do. If you guys want to uh, sponsor us, we wouldn't say no either. Kyle will beg. I will. I'm really good at it. He's a beggar. I am. I'm still but waiting serious. for you guys to beat up Tinker in the Thunderdome, and then that's where I'll see where my love and my monies go. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's what we got to do. <laughs> Tell Tinker, so, suit up, buddy. <laughs> suit up. Avengers assemble. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, uh, you guys, thank you. We, mm -hmm. I understand there's several of you who listen to our podcast, so thank you very much. We appreciate you. Um. Be Rob, like if you want to throw out a couple first names, you know that they can hear themselves on the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Too. Uh, Leslie, Dylan, Aaron. Um, I think those are three for sure. I know I I told about, but there's a lot of cool nerds uh, that we talk about a lot of this stuff at work around the water cooler in the lunchroom and everything. So uh, I know that they enjoy all all things, especially the Marvel universe. So. So, well, seriously, yes, thank you. I like how you sit around the water cooler in the lunchroom. Not, that's like, not while we're on the clock. We're totally <laughs> on break. And not, yeah, on not break, while, not on the clock. We're not Get on back a, to work. Mm -hmm. Time theft is real, Bob. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we look, and Bucky's got two girls with him. Bucky's a pimp. And I I don't know if you guys caught what division he got assigned to either. Do you remember what division he got assigned to? 107th or 107th, the one that Steve wanted to get in because that's what his dad was in. Was in, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I just remember seeing this. I actually caught this on my second run through in preparing for this. Um, who one of the the girl who with the brown hair? I had to call my wife and I go, look, look, look who that is. Do you know who that girl? Um most famously played um within the past i'd say five six years was that was with bucky uh-huh mm, i'm looking my damn subtitles take up half my screens i got this minimized thing on no because i can only think of one the uh one one girl I recognized throughout the that wasn't a main character. So, so this was Jenna Coleman who played Clara, the Forever Girl. I believe it's Forever Girl and Doctor Who. 
she was a companion to Peter Capaldi and we're big Doctor Who fans, but she was very famously known as a Doctor Who companion. And she was- and just, I am famously not a fan of that. So that's, <laughs> that's why, why you I have no know. idea who that is. Yeah, yeah. I need but to start the, watching those. Yeah, but for those of you who are Doctor Who fans, um, which Doctor Who is so good, um, just so well-written. It's the reason it's been around for 50 plus years. Um, right. That's what she's known for. And I just remember calling my wife. She goes, oh, it's Clara. So it was just kind of a cool little nerd Easter egg for us. That's a that's a show I've always said I need to watch and I just never have. So I need to, it's on my list. I have it. Oh, buckle so, up yeah. because you'll go through all these companions and it's it's an investment. It's it's definitely a time investment, but it is so much fun to watch. And then everyone's got their favorite doctors and I'd be interested to hear what you think is a new fan um, once you start watching it um because we argue about who our favorite doctor is all the time so um they're at this world's fair and you know it's very futuristic um and steve's back behind all the rest of them you can tell steve's not popular with the ladies so this is just setting up more of i think steve's backstory yeah. is that he's just this little skinny nerd <clears throat> and then you have these showgirls on stage and then Lo and behold, who pops out with this really futurist or this really nice car? Howard but Howard Howard Stark. Yep, Howard Stark. I thought you said Howard, Howard Stern. Cooper. I'm like, it's not Howard Stern. He was in this movie. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> was was Beetlejuice here too? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Howard Stark. Um, who played Howard Stark? That was um Dominic Cooper. Dominic Cooper. He's got which such a he did. Raul Julia cool look to him he does he does yeah. i love him i thought he was a great start too and he likes fondue and he does like because <laughs> fondue for two fondue for two um and he uh he shows off his latest invention um they take the wheels off the car and the car starts floating and to me the only thing i thought of at this point was those are repulsors. Those are early versions of like the repulsor technology mm. that Tony created. Just because it was floating. I mean, what did you guys think of this? Or did you just think it was just, hey, it's a floating car? I thought about Fantastic Four. That was like the first thing that came to my mind was their car. Oh, yeah. the fa What is it? The Fantastic Mobile or whatever? Fantastic Car? Like that. I just remember that it being, you know, a flying <laughs> car. So. But yeah, no, and then the repulsors. Yeah, I think that was the second thing. But the automatic thing, and the one I saw, it was like oh, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Um, you know, then we just we move on, and Steve ends up running away from the the double date, and going to like it's one of those mirrors that you know, you know, you're the soldier. Well, Steve couldn't even get up to that height mm -hmm. to look into the mirror. Um. At this point, you feel kind of sad for him. Like, did you guys think he was like, they were setting him up to be like this lovable loser? Or what did you guys think at this point? Because I just felt sad for him at this point. I mean, I think it just, I mean, it just, I became more endeared <clears throat> to him because you see what he's willing to do, uh, not for glory for himself, but mm -hmm. for the success of the USA, you know, for America. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I think I think without all this buildup and seeing without his backstory like this and seeing where his desire to 
to fight for, for his country and his patriotism and, and all that that's ingrained in Captain America. If it would, if he'd just been plopped in, you know, later on without all the buildup and, and seeing him before this, I think he could have came off a little cheesy, but yeah. with that, but having this backstory and seeing like it's genuine, like it's there, he has right. solid, honest, grounded, great reasons for being the way that he is. And you have to have, I think you have to have that or, or older cap or, you know, cap later on just doesn't, doesn't sell as well. He ends up being like Superman. Yeah. Just the goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. Boy Scout. You know, early Superman, I guess. Yeah. The Boy Scout, the big blue Boy Scout. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think everything that they've done just created this character and made us just love him before he was ever captain america when he was steve rogers i I had a conversation with my five-year-old the other day i don't remember if i brought it up on the show or not but uh we were watching uh the the x-men cartoon from the mid 90s you know they're all yellow and everything and uh the best one ever and so me and him are going through that and watching and and i ask him you know which one is his favorite x-men he's like i like the guy with the laser eyes i'm like cyclops like yeah, I'm like you like Cyclops? Ugh. That's like saying Captain America is your favorite Avenger, and he's like Captain America is my favorite Avenger. I'm like ah, oh. like oh, we we like Iron Man in this house, little dude. So yeah, I had a uh, great nerd debate with a five year old over Cyclops and versus Wolverine versus Captain America versus Iron Man for a while. Yep, I've had those. Star Wars ones are the best. Why Grogu is such a stupid name? That's my favorite argument lately. Uh, Tinker refuses to call him Grogu. Baby Yoda. I don't advocate violence against children, but one of my kids told me they really like Jar Jar. <laughs> why is that? Shit about got serious. Oh, I was like, you get out. Of the, I, I ran him out of the living room. Like, we're not even going to watch this now. Like, I was willing to watch the movie, but you know, go to your room and think about what you said. Oh. Uh. You will very rarely hear us get super political on this podcast. But there are some things I think we all agree on that could be considered political. And I think our hate of Jar Jar is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and when I say we're going to get political too, there is, we're going to do a show and I'm telling you guys, this is upcoming. Just that way, if and we'll title it so you know what the show is. Um, B Rob's going to be part of it. Um, our friend Justin's going to be part of it, and our friend, my friend Chris Lee. Um, it's going to be about cancel culture, and the, re- the this kind of just leads into that. And I'm just forewarning you guys, we're going to go at it from both angles, both sides of it. So, and we're not going to say we're for or against it one way or another. We're going to have people debating both sides. But that's coming up because that's a very real thing, and mm-hmm. especially as it relates to nerd culture. So we will be going into that kind of as a little side note. Um, and if you don't want to hear it, you know, skip that episode totally. Yeah, but um, don't skip any of the others. Well, you know, watch like no, one skip twice. Skip everything else to make up for that. Everything else, everything else we say is important. Yeah. Um, basically, why I thought this, getting back to the movie now. Um, why I think this part was important with Steve is because, you know, Bucky's like, are you seriously doing that? You know, you have that friend that's telling you, are you going to keep doing this? You failed. Why do you keep doing this? And it's 
very, very Captain America, I think the speech is, you know, you got guys laying their lives down every day for this. Why wouldn't I? You know, that's... And then you see this uh, guy come up and start eavesdropping, which you don't know. You know, I'm sure there was creepers back in the 40s, and that's kind of what I thought he could have been at this point. Yeah. Because he was just listening in. And I don't know if he thought Steve was like, you know, an easy target or whatever, but he was just listening in and it was uh, Stanley Tucci. Great name. Stanley Tucci's character. Yes. Whose character in this movie is. He doesn't remember. He is. Abraham. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name. It's, it's Earth, Earth, Erskine. Now, I don't know if I'm getting things crossed up from like my uh, research and stuff or if it was actually sitting in the movies because he had an alias he went by as well, right? Yes, but I can't remember what it was. Do you remember? No, we talked about it last episode because the alias came up in something, but it wasn't him. Or an alternate what was name. it? Okay, someone, someone to the Googles. To the Googles, what, and it came up as like a little Easter egg or uh, some foreshadowing or something. Um, and it may have been in... It's in Hulk, wasn't it? I think so. I think it was Hulk. Actually, let me go to the show notes. Okay, Kyle, go on from here. I'm going to look at the show notes real quick. Okay. And so, uh, <clears throat> you know, Erskine, he kind of pulls him to the side. Um he hasn't pulled to the side yet. He he goes in to, to be like examined again. But you can tell like the, the creeper vibe is is totally there. Like he's just kind of lurking around and um I like that it it almost gives him a uh nefarious a false nefarious feel. Like you know, he's he's not, but you feel you know there's there's something with him. And you have Steve waiting in the <coughs> the examination room and he I like this where he knows he looks behind him there's a sign that says it's illegal to falsify your enlistment form which is what he had done uh, a few minutes earlier when he was talking with bucky and bucky told him you know it's illegal and you can see like this moral quandary going through his head at the time because he's just such a good guy and like you can tell like it's killing him to comp he's, he's compromising his morals to carry on with his morals you know, he, he believes in, in his country and going to fight, and he's having to compromise himself to be able to to do that. So I, I like just the look on his face, and you can see him kind of think about it um, before he just, you know, moves away from him and starts to get, get ready to, uh, you know, uh, be examined again and, and weighed and all that. And then the, right. the, and then Creepy Doc comes back in. So... And it was Hulk. It was uh, Josef Reinstein. Is mm-hmm. the alias of Abraham Erkstein. Erk, Erk, Erkstein? Mm-hmm. As you can tell, we're not very good with names. Pronunciationism is not in our <laughs> Words are hard. Words are hard. All we know is Chris likes to fancy up all the last names. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe why you didn't try and fancy up Tucci. Mm-hmm. You know what? I didn't want to give you the pleasure this time, sir. Okay. You don't get, 
<laughs> you don't get the two pleasures. I, I, I actually did think about it. Um, it's not an episode until you do it, so it's going to have to happen sometime. It's something's going to happen. Um, Peggy so Cartier. Cartier. <laughs> uh, Cartier B. Love her music. Mm. Um, but uh, and basically, love. Ant-Man and WAP. Is that what you were going to say? That's where I was going with it, but like I can't. <laughs> I tried to stop myself and it was already going. It was already there. Ant-Man and WAP. Ant-Man and the WAP. That would <laughs> that would be the best Marvel movie ever. <laughs> I'd go watch that. You think me pausing on Agnes's butt in WandaVision is one <laughs> Give me some tickets. Uh, oh, that was I, awesome. My ass is going to the IMAX. <laughs> thank you uh, basically long story short he comes in he talks to steve why he wants to kill nazis and you know steve tells him i don't want to kill nazis i don't want to kill anyone but you know you want to stop the bad guys he passes him lets him go through so Steve get, goes through. And then the next scene, we're in this mountain fortress. Obviously, we know it's the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was super, super Easter egg fan service um, because we see this big, um, almost like an electronic screen, but it was like a big magnifying glass, and it had this guy's face in there with glasses. And who we come to find out is, um, I want to say, I, why do I want to call him Roranor Zola? That's one piece. Um, Armin Zola. Armin Zola. Toby Jones. Toby Jones. As we know from the comics, Zola is inside a um, giant, is it, is it an android or a robot? His mm. face, you know what I'm talking, the classic... 80s 90s zola i think it's like an I android it was just a big computer is it i can't okay. i know I mean, later it on it's computer, a computer but that, I... and that does come later right but like the the classic one i'm remembering is okay yeah just do a quick search for him and you'll see like it's it's the big face inside like the robot body that's how i remember him from the classic comics yeah, you're right. I don't I really don't remember that. But it's Toby Jones, Toby Jones, who will forever be Dobie the house elf for me. <laughs> um he's just Dobie the house elf. Yeah. <laughs> well that's he was the voice. Your mispronunciation of of names. Thank you. I was I was waiting I was waiting for I, your face. <laughs> I knew it wasn't right, but you guys have made me doubt so much already that I doubted. <laughs> like is, wait a minute, is he is he right? He's taking the whole church enough the pronunciation thing the wrong direction. He went the wrong way with that one. <laughs> oh, I just like I just like Ant Man on the wop. Um. <laughs> anyways, we know that he is a. You know, he's one of the Nazi scientists. Um, 
and they start basically just chit-chatting and red skull pulls out the tesseract and it's glowing it is glowing bright blue which means they've learned how to tap into it and they start talking about uh, was it at this point where he before he put it in the machine that they were talking about infinite power or was this after they did the experiment I thought this was as he was explaining to the three guys that come in telling him he's crazy and all that stuff the other the other nazis when he's talking about infinite power i might be wrong before he zaps him but they he he basically told him though um zola he told him you know this thing will power your experiments you were never able to basically power them before um we didn't have the you know the power to do it but here you go this will do it and they get it up and um the room starts glowing and you see it going to all these machines and it was apparently successful um and he was able to collect it and i wouldn't even say it's a fraction of the power from the tesseract because we know the tesseract's infinite and just it siphoned off some of the power i guess you could say channel it it channels it thank you yeah. um so uh, huge foreshadowing in that part huge foreshadowing next thing you know we're at the army base and again the big soldiers and then little bitty steve and this is the first time we are introduced to peggy carter um and i love peggy carter like i like the tv show too i thought she was a great character i thought she played her well um kind of tough as nails you know the soldier was like talking to her like she was abroad yeah. and uh did she punch him or what did she do to him she punched him didn't you? yeah she punched him yeah she punched him he's down on the ground and then in comes the the general as you can tell by the sweet little voice uh b-rob one of b-rob's children has entered the battle mm -hmm. player three has entered the battle <laughs> And which is okay. Like I love that age. I love those little voices at that age, man. I, I gotta keep mine trained. Like if I'm streaming or anything, um, little one. The oldest one likes to try to scare me. The little one, he's just like in his underwear all the time. That's all he wants to wear is underwear. Like, dude, you cannot come back here. I got a camera on. <laughs> You've got to put put on pants or a shirt, one or the other. At least have some like cover more than just you know. You, <laughs> And he's like, he does. He's just like, wants to like peek in. And so he's, he's learning now. My daughter used to kind of keep her distance when I was streaming. She would like kind of peek and like wave at me and try to get my attention. Like, Hey, I need, can you help me get, I need, but now she'll like sneak over here and throw shit at me and trying to scare. Like she knows I play a lot of horror games and she tries to scare me while I'm streaming, but while she's, you know, like off camera and stuff, um, I don't know. 
I'm just lucky so far. Both mine leave me alone when I'm in here. So I'm lucky right now. Mm -hmm. Um but damn it, look, he's back to non bleaking again. He got he found that beer. Damn is that it. A, is that, that a lucky charm shirt? Actually, I think it is. Arts, I want that shirt. Hearts, stars, clovers, horseshoe, and a blue moon. Yep, that's a lucky stars. Or is that a strawberry smeggles shirt? Smeggle? Smeggles. <laughs> Better than um, strawberry schmeckle. Okay, so he's got <clears throat> the beads, but he's never drinking that damn beer. He just likes to hold it. It's it's to make him look pretty. That's like my favorite beer too. And I'm sitting here just looking at it, and I can't go get any right now. <laughs> As we get back to this, uh, the general comes up. I think he's a general. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Then <clears throat> we're going through basic training, and you know, Steve is just. Everyone's outpacing him, outdoing him, and like they literally pick on him. And they're talking about, you know, one of you will be the next breed of super soldier. Yeah. And like the guy in front of him is a dick to him. Like while he's going under the barbed wire, kicks the thing so the barbed wire falls on him. Um, you know, they're going through all this stuff. They're doing this run. And Tommy Lee's just looking and they're just shaking his head every time he sees Steve. I wish and we then could, they get to I wish we could have had more Tommy Lee Jones in there. I freaking love I Tommy Lee Jones. He was great in this role. He yeah. really was. I, I wish um, they could have found a like this this is a great role for him. I think they could have put I would have liked to have maybe somebody else in that role and him having a, a long running role throughout the universe. If I right. could, if I could have right. been given the option. But th he's perfect for this. He was actually perfect for this. Yeah. Um and then they told them, they come up to this flagpole and they said, you know, and like, however long it was, no one's ever gotten this flag. And they're all trying to climb the pole. Obviously, it's greased. And I think, I think that they said that, um, they said that if you get the flag, you get to ride back to base because they were out on a run and Steve was way behind them. Um, if you get the flag, you get to ride in the Jeep back to the base and no one's ever done it. And they're all trying to climb the greased up pole. Um, insert joke there. <laughs> but no one does it. They tell him to fall back in, and Steve's just looking at it. And do you remember what happens at this part, Kyle? Yeah, he uh, he analyzes it. Um, and he, this is just a great, a great thing for Steve's character of. You know, he, he's rough and he's tough later as Cap, but he's also smart. And this is his work smarter, not harder moment because he knows that the the flag is, is on a pivot system with a pin holding it. I think it was a pin. And so he pulls the pin, lets the flag drop, and, or lets the pole uh, down and grabs the flag. Which shows that, to me, that's classic Captain America because... Mm -hmm. Captain, so he's the he's the soldier. He's the ultimate soldier. He's the ultimate super soldier. But besides being like physically, a, you know, the physical per perfect specimen, he's also smart. Yeah. Cap is a thinker. He can calculate. And that's always been, to me, what kind of stood out about Cap versus other superheroes. 
mm-hmm. is that he's super strong, but he's also smart. He can calculate what happens. And he was he was humble about the direct. You know, he wasn't he wasn't braggadocious about it all. He wasn't any of that. He grabbed the flag, handed it over, walked, sit in the back of the jeep, and looked at Peggy and and carried on like there was nothing. Like it was a badass moment. Like if me or you would have done that, I'm like ha 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 ha. But he's just like. <laughs> All right, we would have. I got the flag. We would have stone. We would have stone cold Steve Austin, the other mm-hmm. guys, and just done the flip off to him. Flip off, crack a beer, spray it on the wrist of the platoon. Give me the, <laughs> the Ric Flair. Done the done the walk and the woo, Jimmy woo. Um, well, B Rob, damn it, at least blink when we talk about Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at that. Good, cold dead stare. Dead eyes. His dead eyes and his Lucky Charm shirt. And his beard. I still, I do, I do want that shirt. I do. I kind of want one too. Okay. <clears throat> um. So then they're next thing you know, um. They're doing push-ups and well, and Steve is not doing what we would call a push-up. Mm-hmm. He's kind of. He's doing a push. Doing a weird worm. He's yeah. he's doing a push. Doing like a like the the eighties worm. Mm-hmm. basically he's he's got the push part down and he's still working on the up and then you see uh tommy lee's character talking to the doctor mm-hmm. saying you know why did you, why did you pick this guy why did you bring this 90 pound asthmatic onto my base you know you know there are other choices and the doctor basically tells him he was he's the only choice yeah and he's, and he's tommy lee's just qualities beyond physical which is what he showed he showed one of those qualities leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tommy Lee's, you know, a soldier. He's like, he's only thinking about the physical. He's saying, you know, you stick a needle through him, it's going to go right through it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what about this guy? And, you know, he's perfect. He's the perfect soldier. And the doctor said he's a bully. Mm-hmm. You know, basically the reason I'm picking Steve that is, is he's got all these qualities. So. This guy's a bully. This is not what I'm looking for in this program. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to abuse the power that's going to be given to him. I heard quite a bit, and it, it you know, it, it comes back Take to, to the old with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. I know that's from a different universe, but still counts. It's true. Yeah, still it still works. counts. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and you know, talking about again. Tommy Lee's like, you know, niceness doesn't win wars. He grabs a grenade from his, this from is such his a pack cool. and said, he does it so I cool love this too. scene. And then he pulls the pin and throws it and yells grenade. And everyone ducks for cover, except for Steve. The 90 pound weakling jumped on the grenade and it's like, get away, get away. And Peggy's standing right over him. She went for the grenade. If you notice, they were the only two that went for the grenade. Yeah. Like Peggy, Peggy's so hot. I love Peggy. After he jumped on it, did he throw it away? No, he's still like, what did he throw away? Though? No, he was just like nothing. He was just laying on it. No, well, he jumped on it and then he did did something with his arms. It looked like he threw the grenade away, but it's still there when he gets up. I'm trying to figure out what's right. he doing with his little arm flip there. Maybe he was telling people, maybe he was just telling yeah, them to get back. Said, um, get back. It, 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 was, know, it was just kind of get back. It was it was the get back. Get back. That's all it was. So it makes the a very exaggerated motion. Good man, yeah. great. Um, Look, he blinked. Bad man, evil. 
you know, as little as Steve was, do you think he would have been able to contain the? Oh, that would have no, that would have ripped through him. But well, that, yeah, that ripped through him. Point. I don't know if it would have would he have been able to contain it enough to protect everybody else. No, no, yeah. it would have gone to everyone else, like with this being ninety pounds. But the Damn whole it, point Steve. of that, I think, yeah. the whole point of that scene was to show his, you know, selflessness. His he thinks of others. He doesn't ever think yeah. of himself. Um, and look, look, pal, he's blinking. Oh my God! Whoop! He fell. No, he's back. He blinked. He blinked. We saw it. Mm-hmm. And he changed out of his Lucky Charm shirt. He did. So we we were. I don't know if you heard or not, but we we both go. Well, no, you heard shirt. everything. <laughs> Oops. Good. Uh, we were okay. saying it to your we face. Want you just shirt. weren't blinking. Yeah, we were <laughs> <laughs> saying it right to your face. Um, next thing you know, you know, the doctor has a smirk, um, and Tommy Lee is just like, whatever they're sitting down. Um, and the doctor's telling Steve about the whole reason why he's doing this. And, you know, he asked the doctor, where are you from? And he's like, no, no, he asked the doctor where he's from before. And he's like, like somewhere in New York by way of Germany. Mm-hmm. And he explained all about Schmidt during this next scene where they're in the barracks um while they have a i don't know what the drink was i don't know if it was whiskey or whatnot did they ever say i don't think they did uh, i'm watching right now i'm gonna try to catch the label while you're explaining explaining the schmidt out of things so <laughs> explain the schmidt out of that's good so during this part um Birob, do you want to explain what he was explaining about right. schmidt on this part because i know you like this part and schmidt was already evil to begin with and it just made him more evil and he experimented on himself and it it he was he i guess schmidt would be considered the first super soldier technically so technically we we all think it's cap but it was technically the red skull mm-hmm. and then um and then you know steve's basically asking why me and he said a weak man knows the value of strength and you know he asked why me and he said you know you have compassion that's what I'm looking for. This is someone that's that's known power their entire life, doesn't know how to react with the loss of power versus somebody that is has never had it before and hopefully would wield it wisely. And right. And that you'll, you know, that you'll stay you'll stay who you are. And then of course being Marvel, they threw in this little joke where, you know, they were going to toast and have a drink and then he's like you know oh you can't drink you have an operation tomorrow and he's like well why are you drinking he's like i don't have an operation tomorrow (laughs) so just being marvel that was great um the next scene we have coming out was just i think we knew what was coming because all we saw was schmidt's shadow man out of time but we never actually saw the full thing um, he's getting painted, but you just see like the outline of his 
massive body and like the the outline of his face you know covered in shadows and i think at this point we all knew that it was he was had the red skull mask on at this point mm-hmm. something about the weather you see was like briefly, that, but like I never, but a I split second you catch it uh, as he turns but, the I lights mean, off yeah oh yeah yeah you can can't you mm-hmm. um next thing we know they're driving you know and he's talking with peggy and uh as they're driving steve's pointing out all i love this part every single spot he got beat up at and i just remember chuckling at that part because that's when peggy gives him the line you know do you have a problem with running away yeah and you know, and he's trying to fumble his way through it and calls her beautiful dame. And he's just he's just trying to uh literally uh, fumble through talking to her. to her. And she's like, You don't know how to talk to women, do you? And he's like, This is the longest conversation I've ever had with a woman. He's trying so hard. Uh, he is, he's trying so hard. And I think for a lot of the nerds out there that hit them in the fields right mm-hmm. there. Got a lot of spunk like that, that one. Yep. And he uh, always said, oh, yeah, and I, I think I this think is a, I think this is, is a right. classic line from the movie too, is too. I think she learned when a lot of asked, lessons. You know, if you've ever been dancing, this like, was the early frame. No, I'm just waiting for the right part. What it was going to be. And that comes back throughout the phases, mm-hmm. um, with Cap at least. Um. They get just... to the next place. Mm-hmm. And that just that just hits back in just him having one of the saddest storylines yeah. in the whole thing that just kind of really hit. I mean, he gets some redemption at the end for his whole thing, but it's just his whole storyline is heartbreaking when you really, mm-hmm. yeah, literally, literally. That's well said. Great way to put it. You know, then they go into the shop and it's the classic, you know, they talk to the shop old lady and like the cuckoo flies at midnight, but only when the camel rises in the east. I forget what the line was that they said, but it was one of those to gain entrance into the secret lab. Mm-hmm. She always carries yeah, an umbrella. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Um, they get led to this back area um, with just tons of military and you know, medical personnel back there. So you can tell this is top secret. And to me, this had the very, very like early shield inklings, uh, vibes I got from it the first time I watched it. Yeah. That, that's something that was, so, and I, I don't remember exactly. So you guys can refresh me. Was, it, was this the precursor, the early incarnation of shield? Is this what developed into it later? Don't remember. Peggy starts, Peggy it, starts later. it later. Okay, that's what it is. I, yeah, Peggy starts it later. She's the the founder of Shield. But I see what you're saying. Is this what got her to start Shield? Yeah. I, I think it had a part in it. I don't think it was directly related to Shield, though. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. What do you think, B. Rob? Do you think it was? Right. So, um, and then we see 
Mr. Stark in there again, Howard Stark in there because uh, they're talking yeah, to the senator down, and they down. have to take what they say, half of the power of Brooklyn or New York or whatever, just to make this work. Mm-hmm. Three grids worth of power. So he's there. So we come to find out that Tony and Steve are, their destinies are intertwined from the get-go. It's always been a cap, um, at least in the movies. It's always been a cap Iron Man kind of thing, like a dynamic between between them. Mm. And this kind of further cements it. For me, it did at least. Um, they get the serum and you know, they put Steve down there and and I believe did they tell him I think they told him this is gonna hurt. Um, and they're talking, and then there was a you know, the senator there, and then someone from like the interior secretary of interior or something Let's see who um, there. And then they, you know what i'm talking about the the guy that was kind of in the background who plays a big part after this all happens let's see if it, they say what his title is i don't remember exactly so much stuff it was something he was or he might have been the, the from the department of interior or something yeah they give Steve the shot and he's like, that wasn't bad. And they're like, that was the penicillin. And then all of a sudden they inject these, what was it? Six vials into him at once of this blue liquid, which we know is the super soldier serum. Mm. And then I just thought it was really cool. The, the big, like, I love how you keep um, saying all these guys are massive. They literally, what was the five, 10 and you would think the person girl robot and Wally. Eva, Eve, Eva. Eve. It looked like Eva so to me. Eve cracking me up when they put him into it and then uh they had um start started up and he was um it, it just seemed like the whole thing was painful at this point well you yeah. and Dobie can go get your little because we hear then. right and then steve's like no keep it going because he was yeah it, this is like a um this wasn't just like a, I got a paper cut in the webbing of my fingers or I'm opening my kid's toy and that stupid oh. plastic is so sharp. Yeah. I, I felt that statement just now. <laughs> paper yeah, cut I was think okay we all with. Have. You talk about that yeah. damn plastic wrapping. That me- the plastic. Mm-hmm. I've got that scars. We man. all cut our hands on. Yes. Um, But then Steve, you know, he's in there. He's like, I can do this. I can do this. And so Stark just, he cranks it up to 11. 11. Um, He cranks it up to 11. You get bonus points if you know what that's from. Um, Do you think they tapped right into his spine with the needles? Or uh, um, (laughs) spine with a tap? This is spinal tap. I mean, you know, this is a spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. His bottom does get bigger, so... (laughs) <laughs> anybody anybody okay yes yes so they open the uh, the container and then all of a sudden there's chris the chris evans that we're used to right now not the uh chris evans from the movie with scar joe where they're cheating to get the the college test but like 
very, very well-built, massive Steve Rogers. And before he was like, well, yeah, I'm like tiny. Well, listen, comparatively rough. speaking, comparatively speaking, for We're not us all that are under six blessed. feet, yeah, yes, uh, for those of us under six feet, you people are massive. And I will say, yes, you people, mm -hmm. you people of the giant race, you damn tallies. We will mean Dopey or BFFs. Um, but he, I think, what did they say? Do you remember how much? I remember reading an interview for this at the time, and they said Chris Evans had to work out like 10 hours a day for like months to get this physique that he had to get there that fast. Yeah, he's working and a it, lot. It's just, it's nuts. Um, and he went from being what was he like five, six, 90 pounds to what is it, six, two or six, four? And 240 pounds, 6'2", and 240 pounds. Massive. Thank you, sir. Again, been, for those of us under the 6 I didn't look anything like that. No, we, we, we just look like slimes. Mm -hmm. um, or Bacchus. Um, the Greek god of wine. Mm -hmm. um, more wine! More wine! <laughs> So they go out, and uh, that guy who we're talking about, who we were trying to figure out what he was part of, Department of Interior or whatever. Um, he leaves this little, uh, I'm assuming it's like a cigarette case, like one of those old cigarette cases like they had in the 40s and 50s, the little metal ones that they pulled out the cigarettes from, mm -hmm. left it in a seat. And they're like, oh, this is super impressive, you know? Um, and then the doctor notices this guy and he pulls out this lighter and he flicks it and it explodes where he left that case. Um, he grabs the last vial of super serum, shoots the doctor and runs and he's just, you know, killing everyone he can get his hands on basically. Um, and what I thought was, again, another defining moment for Peggy if you notice, she was the so, only fun, one who pulled her fact, gun out trying to stop this guy. All the military guys in there were scrambling. She kept a cool head and Richard she tried to Armitage. shoot him. She's the only one who you shot him at this point. Been in? You, wouldn't, you totally wouldn't recognize him. Um, uh, this is Thorne. Yeah. And the Hobbit. And this is when it starts getting into high gear. You yep. see everyone who was outside was, you know, obviously agents. And He's going through, right. he's just killing people. Um, and I thought this was a badass moment too when he, he's one of, yeah, he's the not shot one of made people. the car explode. And Peggy just slowly took aim and shot and killed the driver. And the distance yeah, was I, it I was far away too. Back, a while back with a little handgun. It was like just looking at uh, poor Granny with a submachine gun yeah, like, down. Man, he was in the Hobbit. And, yeah, that was the Kyle's night. favorite mm -hmm. character yeah. in the movie. I thought you said that was my favorite part when he shot the Grant. I'm like, why? <laughs> Uh, she was, that was she not my favorite part when the elderly lady that was for some reason the guard of this <laughs> multi-million dollar government facility was gunned down she's the gatekeeper that's that's who i want protecting kyle was just mad secrets. because 
that grandma handed out the little strawberry candies and the wrappers with that look like strawberries mm-hmm. and the uh, toffees and right. some Werther's. Some Werther's. I don't have to IMDb too much. I, sometimes I'll have yeah. to, uh, like, I'll Circus know they Peanut. were in something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to like look and see what their name was on Wikipedia. Ooh, that's a good idea the for the episodes. For and then I can candy play some like, in episode two. Like Derek Luke was in this um, movie. Neil McDonough, Candy of your. Um, mm-hmm. But Steve uh, is Dormer. just chasing I mean, down this guy, just running at full speed. And this and this and this. so many movies. Yeah, it is. And. My wife pointed this. Yeah, that I never like noticed that, like this before. She goes, "His pants," and I looked at it. I go, "Oh, they're like capris." Mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, I don't think I ever noticed that. It's like an like old Gap years. commercial. <laughs> you almost. <laughs> oh, Gap! We're capris, man. And you expect Vertigo by U two to play? Uh, he gives a little. <laughs> What's happening? Does he say Hill Hydra? Or does he say the little quote about cutting off no. one of the <laughs> arms and two more will grow back? But yeah, he probably, yeah. Of course. Hell Hydra, of yeah, course you're probably I don't. right. Right. Really? Oh. Yeah, totally do not. I wouldn't have put two and two together on that because. Uh, he's Dude, not I'm like a, I have a stalker like a memory. He's even worse. Uh, like he's he he's seen in twenty years. It's even worse. Yeah, he's not one of our people. Thank you, you tall bastard, you giant folk. Um, I just looked at it. Hmm. Right. So if you're like us. You will randomly IMDB someone, and I can almost guarantee you this is what happened with B Rob. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You started going through the cast of this and clicking on it to see what else have they been in, like you were saying. And then you go, oh, and you can't stop there because you start getting down the IMDB rabbit hole. And next thing you know, it's like 20 minutes later, and you just found out like who played Uncle Jesse's father's twin brother of the third episode of Full House. Right. 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 No, no, no. Well, now and now that you mention it, the way he looked just intense, you can see that now. Yeah. Now that you yeah. pointed it out. Um, long story short, he catches him, and all of a sudden you see him pop out this tooth with his tongue, and uh, I believe he yelled, Hail Hydra. And uh, I want to say he said... Hmm. Hey, cut off one head... Two like more the, shall take its place. He's the first of many. This is after he, yeah, yeah, after he, he chased him in the bat sub looking thing <laughs> in the bat sub. <laughs> um, and see, B Rob's back to what B Rob's saying. B Rob's really good with names and faces like that. He can recall all those. I right. You could do that. See, I, I have, I can, I can tell you like. 
oh yeah, they were in this, this, and this. This is the character they played, but I couldn't tell you their name or other mm. stuff they've been in sometimes. I'll catch it off of voices. That's what really gets me. Is like I've heard this voice. So you're a voice person. Yeah, like I've heard this voice, and that makes it even harder because they don't have a face to go with it. But when, once I hear a voice, especially in you know, not all, it's not always just animated stuff. Anything that's needing a voiceover work, and I was like, man, I know, I know that voice. And there's a there's a documentary about that on Netflix too. Or used to be on there. It's called like I know that voice, and it goes to the whole voiceover community, voice acting community, and I'm gonna have to re- watch that. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a really good one. It has, uh, uh, I forgot it, uh, Joe DiMaggio, Joe, uh, Bender. Other, yeah, Bender. Um, John, is it John DiMaggio? Hey, Tinker. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he's, he's in it a lot and there's several in there. The guy that does the voice of SpongeBob and, and all those. So yeah, if you haven't watched it, that's a really, really cool one to watch. Good one to go. Yep. So next thing we know, we're inside the Hydra laboratories because you find out that Hydra is the, um, what did they say, the weapons division? Weapons and occult division of, or they were the scientific division, weren't they, of the Nazi? Yeah. Um, Schmidt the was just occult obsessed with was the a occult. Different one. Right. And it, they, but they were the science division. Yeah. Um, and they're leading through other, you can tell, high-ranking SS officers. And they're basically saying, you know, the, the Fuhrer wants results, and you guys aren't delivering anything. Mm-hmm. And so he takes them to um, the lab and shows them the arsenal that they're developing, Zola's arsenal. Um and he unveils this weapon that is very, very futuristic. And to me, going back and watching the movie after watching the Avengers, it looks like one of the Chitari weapons to me. That's kind of what it looked like to me. Um, best way to describe it. Yeah. And then um, he's got all these places on the map that are just marked. And basically, it's him turning against the German army at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, he was trying know, to get becoming to its own individual, more money into the organization budget. at this point, autonomous from the Germans. And he basically fires up the weapon, and it uh, shoots the German officers, and they get just annihilated. So, and this is you know we knew that. We knew that Schmidt was evil, but now I think we're really seeing it come to fruition in this part. So, yeah. and then, you know, the guys pull up the devil hand and yell, Hail Hydra. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I was just saying, like, yeah, he just does a really good job of uh, being like expressing his emotion without expressing any facial movement at all. Like, he's just this dead stare after he wipes those officers out and it's it's uh one of those really good marvel's got a lot of good good uh stares throughout all the movies and wandavision like everybody has a has a really good dead stare to him and that was that was just almost creepy um and just looking totally motionless like he just freaking murked these three officers and nothing not even a flinch right and it was just it was kind of amazing Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, next thing we know, we're back in the American facility and they're talking about Hydra and they have the, the, the bat, the bat sub. Yeah. Tanking it apart. And Stark's looking at it and trying to figure it out. And Stark's even saying how advanced this thing is. Um, and then basically Tommy Lee Jones at this point just grounds Steve. Just says, you're not going anywhere. You're the last living legacy of the doctor. So we cannot risk losing you. Right. And then the, the you know, the senator's there and says, you know, do you want to serve your country? Because the senator was looking for, do you remember, B-Rob, what it was the senator was looking for? He was looking for some sort of angle, wasn't he? Was it for the war bonds? Right. And so he needed something. So this is where they give Steve the costume. Um, they give him a promotion and call him a captain at this point. Not call him, but he is a captain at this point. And they give him the classic Captain America costume mm -hmm. and the shield. And it's not the shield that we know. This is the classic Silver Age uh, Captain America shield. Um, the one that's um, more triangular shape, I guess. Classic shield style. Uh, it was, uh, yeah. And it's just all song and dance. And, you know, it just goes through this montage of all the performances yeah, that so. he had with the with the girls who are singing. Um, yeah. And it gets better and better as it goes on. You can tell he gets more comfortable. But you're just sitting here going, this is not the Captain America that we know. He's just a, it's a, it's just a show mm -hmm. is all it is. And you feel kind of bad at this point, I think for Steve, because he wanted to be so much more. And now he's just performing stage shows. Yep. He's become a mascot. And that's what it, that's what it was. Um, fast forward, we get to Steve talking to the troops um, out on the front line. And uh, basically, they were just, they just blasted him, you know, called him Tinkerbell. They were talking uh, about his boots. Before that, I mean, they did start shipping out Captain America comics. Uh, oh, they just, did. You can they? see the soldiers reading them, the kids get some. And uh, it's like, typically, just like him fighting Nazis on the cover. So. You know, this, and these are your typical soldiers out in the field. They didn't want to see the guy with the boots and the costume throughout their fighting. They wanted to see the girls, and that's all they wanted. And they're throwing stuff at him. And, you know, Steve's just kind of crestfallen because it was his dream to be a soldier, you know, and he finally thinks, I'm one of them. And he's still an outsider, which made you feel kind of bad for him at this point, still. Because I mean, we've all felt like outsiders, even yeah. when who we thought was our own group. And I think that's kind of what resonated with me at this point. Yeah. So he gets reunited with Peggy. Um. And then, uh, what was he drawing in the book? Do you guys remember? I don't. Was, oh, uh, yeah. was it a monkey you said yeah 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 and in in his costume too wasn't it yeah so it basically showing that he's a trained monkey 
and he knows it at this point. Yeah. Um. And then he hears something about the one hundred seventh. Um, just getting going back to that notebook. There is something there that may be a little bit of foreshadowing because on one page he does he's got the monkey and the clowns and you know mm-hmm. he's he's basically feels like a monkey in a suit putting on the show. On the yeah, other page um, though, you know. The, uh, a train captain america's trying through the mountains Steve oh. Rogers trying, trying to figure out you know what star is is there something between stark uh-huh. and, and like because he's obviously Italy. so i can't remember if that Peggy happens and, in italy you know, or if that happens they're flying and somewhere else says something is kind of just totally stark like it's like hey i thought but, after the drop off yeah, it's just it's, it's a snow-capped mountain this little village in france they have great fondue that i can't read like do you guys fondue or something you know basically it was just a really you know just a the, they find out that Stark the 107th got demolished and captured. A five and conversation you remember, and 107 is the unit that Bucky was part of. A, so he runs off, you know, and uh, lo and behold, blocks, there's our general again. And getting the rug pulled out. And he's asking yeah. him, you know, I need to know if Bucky Barnes is one of them. And he said the name sounds familiar. That's all I can remember in that part. Um, but basically they tell him you got to be somewhere in 30 minutes and then Steve said you're right I do have somewhere to be and then this is where I think we really start to see Captain America Cap as Cap people are in trouble even if it means defying orders to do the right thing Mm -hmm. that's what he did I think he knew how fast he was and he had certain things, but I don't so definitely jump out of the, the draft or the enlistment card. Yeah, I don't think he knew. Right. Right. And then he grabbed, he ended up grabbing um, one of the chorus girls' helmets. And that's where he got the helmet from for his look, for this, this iconic look. Um, with the, I believe it had the A on it, didn't it? Yeah, for America. So, and they found Stark to um, fly them over because apparently he's the best civilian pilot there is. And B. Rob, you brought this up earlier. Why don't you explain this part? Because I don't. I thought this part was hilarious when they're in the plane. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Dumb Dugan. Fondue blocked. Mm-hmm. Fondue blocked. Um. Basically, Steve just jumps out of the plane too. Like at He's this point right steve to me tall, you guys correct me wrong guy. i don't think he knew his limits yet like how strong he was and how tough he was no oh, he, got, he got thrown and, straight uh, to the stage too. after yeah. right like he didn't he didn't get a chance to like oh, even like, train and do any of that oh, he man, just amazing got put put right on display right out of the bat 
Like there was but there's, some earlier where he was like holding a motorcycle up, but I don't think it was actually him holding the bike up. So I don't, I don't think he knew. Yeah. His durability. Yeah. So he, um, he jumped out with hesitate without hesitation either, which was just to me, just kind of, total iconic cap you know he someone's in trouble he's gonna do whatever mm. and there's you know aa guns shooting you know next thing you know they're we're inside the hydra base and what i thought was really cool i don't know you guys probably already knew this but for those of you who didn't the hydra standard uniform of they're pushing these american soldiers the 107 into these cages right these cells and it looks almost like the classic Hydra costume, except more like militarized, like with the hard helmets and stuff. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was a cool little attention to detail yeah. with the little eye holes and the, you know, the hood. Those super cool uniforms. Yeah. Um, and then they were pushing this one guy and they knocked off his little, what kind of hat is that called? Like a, a little bowler hat. Like or... a, dirt, a bowler hat. And immediately I knew who that was. Um, did you know Kyle? No. I know Brandon, you knew who that was. So that was what is it? Is it um it's Dum Dum Dugan? Um if fun fact, I did look up who he was. I'm like, he's been in something else that I know. He played Damon Dark in the Flash TV show and then all throughout the Arrowverse. So, cool little fact. Oh, he was, wasn't he? He plays a great villain. See, I haven't seen Yellowstone yeah, yet. Either. I've heard good things. So, next thing you see, we see Cap breaking in and just being Cap, basically, you know, hitting the bad guys seeing all these weapons being made um, with suspicious blue glowing energy. He pockets one of the gun clips that has the energy in there. So we know that Hydra has weaponized the Tesseract at this point. And they're going full force. Um, Cap drops down and lets everyone out and starts basically just this massive prison break and again we throw in a marvel joke where you know steve's saying i'm going to take the fight to hitler i've knocked off, out adolf hitler over 200 times and all these soldiers are just kind of staring at him mm -hmm. to me it was just a fun part you just still uh, having something to prove yeah and that's where and, he and that's absolutely. where he shines is when he yeah. gets challenged and basically called out you know oh well, you're nothing well you know, he's like, well, I'll show you. You know, I've got, he's got something to prove. And he's, he's driven that way. And so that's typical cap. Mm hmm So at this point when we saw Dum Dum, I figured we'd see the Howling Commandos. But I wasn't 100% sure where they were going to go with yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. I wish it would have showed more of when um, that changed. But they did keep centering on like a like group of like five guys that they committed. would do the screen and time was, to. So I'm like, oh, um, this has got to be the Howling Commandos a, at this point. A gap there that you never saw closed. Um, I remember thinking that. They steal a tank and just 
wreak havoc and just a very it's a very very well thought thought out like battle scene i thought it's just very complex with the amount of people that they had in there but it was a lot of fun hey guys, hey guys i'm sorry i have to um, jump off um you know then they start but uh but destroying the base too um the self-destruct on. on the base because yeah. they didn't want the americans YouTube. to have any of the tech um kyle take it from here for a sec i need a yeah. drink and so uh you know they, they do start, they start working through that i'm trying to get caught up i'm kind of doing that watch as we go thing uh remember so they they do they start realizing the, the power of the weapons that they have they and uh you know running the tank through destroying uh basically everything we can you get caught up to the uh the auto yeah so the countdown um and destroying the base and you see um where cap sees um i forgot his name again zola as it does Zola. Zola for the first time, you know, down a hallway. Uh, so this is like their first official meeting. And I kind of felt like um, from earlier in the in the movie that like Zola wasn't all in, but he just realized how deep he was and he had no choice but to stick around with it. Because um, he was he was super hesitant with his Hell Hydra earlier. And um, you see how Quickly, he was ready just to get out of there when the shit started hitting the fan. Uh, I don't think he, I think he was very reluctant, reluctant to a point, or at least at this point, of uh, being as involved as he was. But he was just so deep in it that he has to ride it out now. And mm -hmm. but I think. And I think what showed us that too is when the guys yelled the Hail Hydra um, when they developed yeah. when they killed the Nazis at first. Yeah, because he's like, and then he, <laughs> yeah, and then he looked at him, he's like, Hail Hydra, real quick, because he knew he was next if he didn't. Yeah. So, oh, that's fine. Fine. Thank you, oh, B Rob. Thanks for joining us, B Rob. You have a great one. Okay. So we find, okay, Kyle. So this is where he finds Bucky, yeah, we'll mm -hmm. and Bucky's obviously in some. Is that the that was the one that Zola ran out of, right? Yeah, that was the room okay. Zola ran out of. And so Bucky, and there was a there was a map up there too. Oh, there was. I missed the map. I love maps. <laughs> well, and something like we didn't catch, we didn't talk about earlier, and I and I'm I'm still kind of rolling back and forth in my head when, um, Cap was talking with General Tommy Lee Jones um about wanting to go in and and you know help and and um i'm turning on my light it's starting to get dark yeah he, he stands you know general stands right next to the map that's on the wall and mm -hmm. he says something along the lines of uh um i think i saw on a poster that you have somewhere to be in 30 minutes and it's like he's drawing attention to that map so he's like i'm i'm thinking he's wanting He's giving Cap the okay to go without giving the Cap the okay to go. It's like, here it is right here. Do what you want to do with it. And then walks away. Yeah. See, I kind of took it as, I, I I never thought of it that way. I kind of took it as, you know, he he thought of him nothing more as a as a puppet. And he's like, 
you got to be out of here in you know 30 minutes get out of my face yeah that's how i kind of took it but i i've never thought of it that way so it, i think you might be right I can't stand this Captain America guy. I'm just going to send him off to his death. <laughs> so go away. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He frees Buck. He gets a good look at this map. And then there's uh, Schmidt up there. And they start having the first fight scene. And mm -hmm. I thought this was super, super awesome. Well, because when he at the when map too, punches you, him. You see, the, uh, uh, you see the bomber, the plane in the map scene too. Oh, it is? It's right next to the map. I didn't see that. Okay. I didn't see that. Um, well, he punches Red Skull, and his like right eye is like droopy and red under there, and it looks really weird. And then all of a sudden, he starts peeling off the skin to his face, and there's the Red Skull underneath, which means that in the comic, I think it was a Red Skull like mask. Yeah. So this is this a was reverse flip. Yeah, it was a human mask. Hmm. Which it's his human face. This, uh, it's his human face. It means that his um. It means that his um. The soup, the, the experimentation he did on himself did this to him. Yeah. So you may want to so, like explain that a little bit more, um. So people like me that that aren't super familiar with the comics, you're saying he wore the red skull mm -hmm. mask. So what was some mm -hmm. of his backstory that led him to become the Red Skull then as it compares to Red Skull here? Here, well, I mean it's it's almost exactly the same. It's he um the doctor created the serum in the first early batch was used on Red Skull. Red Skull used it on himself. It was an incomplete batch. Mm -hmm. Um and like B Rob was saying, it you know, if you're good, you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. It just brings out what your not desire, but like uh, your resolve, I guess, is. So was the the original decision back in the comics for him to wear the mask, the skull mask over the human face? Is that just of the times and like I don't remember. Guys masks? I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that because that was Silver Age comic. So I don't remember that, to be honest with you. Okay. I have to look at it. If you guys know, post it in the chat. Um, yep. Or if if you're like Kyle and I start yelling at whatever you're listening to, mm -hmm. uh, like like we can hear you at the time and we haven't pre-recorded this. Yep. Just yell, yell the answers at us and I'm sure we'll get it. We'll get it once in a while. Yep. So... Um, you know, then we have this just iconic fight scene where the skull gets away. And uh, you see the, the bro dynamic more between Bucky and Steve. Like, yeah. he th basically threw Bucky over because Bucky was hurt over this big explosion. And this is the second time we see the super soldier come into play. He probably did this leap. How far would you say that leap was? I mean, it was one end of a giant warehouse to the other. So I'm looking here. I'm going to say that's a good 60-foot jump. Easy. At least. And he did a running start, but still, he jumped at least 60 feet. Mm -hmm. So, he, I mean, he is the ultimate super soldier. Really um, and next thing... Mm -hmm. I was going to say, there, when, yeah, we get to that with their flying away and driving away and 
I'm a sucker for how, like in these movies and stuff, how over the top they make all the the Nazi vehicles. Like, you know, the car is super long and it's like steampunkish without being steampunkish in a way. You know, it's got the the exhaust coming out the sides, like it's just you know running straight pipes out the side of the hood, and it's like 14 feet long for a little bitty Zola to be driving in. And you know, Red Skull's um, getaway plane helicopter thing is like just typical evil guy getaway vehicle. You know, flies up and out. And like the, I just I love the design of it. And I just saw something I hadn't seen before, and I was trying to go back to look at the motorcycles that they had in the. Uh, in their garage because one thing i do remember from yeah those are actually pretty modern bikes i think um that i do remember from uh the captain america run the first one and everything coming out was just like this was 2011 this is when i like i got into motorcycles myself there were just such a a big push from because he because uh cap rode a harley i remember that at one yep, point and, yep. and so uh of course you know they would have to get permission from harley to do that and harley davidson being what they are they're gonna ride that son of a bitch until they can ride it no more and get every <laughs> every last mile out of that publicity with it so i, I just that's one thing yeah. i really remember from this whole thing was motorcycles were just being thrown in your face about everything but it looks so did they come out with a captain america version i don't um, know I don't think they did, but there was, you would see a lot of uh, uh, custom bikes being made and maybe not necessarily the cap scheme. And, and they've always, they'll throw back military style bikes um, from the, uh, from that era, from the World War II era is, have always been a stylized choice. There's like a, a niche for people that, that make those style bikes and retro bikes to go back to look like that. But it seemed like during that time, like that was the cool that it got popular, like extra popular that to do that. And so, um, you know, that's when like bobbers and things were getting a little bit more steam behind them, which that was uh, a creation of the World War II era bikes when these guys came back and got out of World War II and they were used to riding these big heavy motorcycles. You know, they would they wanted they wanted to go fast, and that's where these stripped down bobber and chopper style bikes came from. They would get these surplus bikes and strip them down and cut off everything that wasn't necessary on them so there's you know some of that right. culture that carried through on it but i'm just looking at the bikes that they have in the garages zola's pulling out and those just look like those don't look like period correct bikes, bikes. it's important to know it's like listen to someone who knows bikes he's telling you right there mm-hmm. um which is interesting i didn't know any of that mm-hmm. um of course, they could have been German bikes too. I don't, you know, whatever. But I, I trust you. You know, I have no clue. Hmm. Um, next thing you know, you know they're they're declaring Steve dead, basically. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, they you hear this ruckus, and they're all walking, and here comes the one hundred seventh and all the captured American soldiers with the tank and Steve is leading them with Bucky right behind him. And it's all basically all the howling commandos right behind him. And he's getting the cheers and he can't help, but have this little smile on his face. I don't know if you noticed that he's got this little smile. It's, you know, it's not like he was always looking for smiles. He, he was always or cheers. He was trying to always do the right thing, mm-hmm. but this is what ended up happening. I'm, I'm so glad he got that because that's, that's something just even, 
just outside of this movie, you know, um, I always tell like my kids to like do the right thing to do the right thing. And, right. Um, don't do it for the accolades. Don't do it for the recognition. Do the right thing because you're doing the right thing. There's a point where no matter what scale of great things you're doing, whether if it's your, you know, saving a whole division from Nazis like Cap's doing, or if you're picking up trash on the side of the road, you know, people don't do that for the recognition, but the sometimes they need that that little you did a good job so they know that they are actually making a difference in the drive to keep going that's you know i I tell my kids don't do it for the recognition if you see somebody doing something good um that's selfless and of their own time to do it thank Mm -hmm. them for doing that because eventually they're going to not want to do that anymore uh, just from burnout and stuff and that's why it's just so good that cap finally got his even though he wasn't that's not what he was in it for he needed that right then. Right. Right. And it's not a redemption. It's kind of a affirmation, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. Um, Steve turns himself, tries to turn himself in for disciplinary action. You know, general says it's not necessary. I keep calling him the general. I don't know what his title is. He's the general for this movie. And then Peggy Carter just looks at him and says, you're late. And she's got this look to him, like someone just, you know, I love you look. And it's important to note, she looked at him like this. At first she didn't, but when he first gave his first answer of, I've just, I'm waiting for the right partner. Mm -hmm. That's when you first see that glimmer. Okay. So. She she had had a little cap crush before he was capped. Right. She she liked the widow guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she just stands there just looking at him. And then you hear Bucky. Yeah, let's hear it for Captain America. And this is the first time that they call him truly Captain America in the sense that he's a soldier, not right. a puppet, but a soldier. Which I just thought it was a great part. Um, the senator is talking about how he's going to give a medal to his personal friend, Captain America. Cap doesn't come out on this next scene um and it's like his aide or something and then you see this old four-star general there going i thought he'd be taller is none other than uh that was uh i'm not there yet but that was stan lee that was stan lee yeah. yep there are. i love his cameos. then we oh i do too they're they're great they just they they make them just clever yeah is what it is mm-hmm. um next thing you know we're in a, the war room and steve is giving them where all these factories are it was that map that he saw he memorized it that just shows how clever cap is yeah um and then the next thing you know we see um this other female next to uh tommy lee jones the general and she's looking at cap and the first thing i thought of i go oh that is natalie dormer natalie dormer from um game of thrones she was in game of thrones um the not the borgias the um the time period piece with henry Uh, crap her most famous role I'm now like, I can't. Now you now can't even I start. Can't. I should the, the furious typing. 
Yes, I'm, I'm looking at it up real quick. Uh, the Tudors. Oh, so I've never seen it. So. The Tudor, that, she was Anne Boleyn in The Tudors. That's what my wife knew her from. And Natalie Dormer, who never smiles, but she's just got this pouty look. Mm-hmm. I love Natalie Dormer. Um, so next thing you know, they're in a bar and they're just chit-chatting with the, you know, the Howling Commandos. Are they referred and, to that or as that in the movie? Yes, they okay. refer to them at, in the movie. Not at this point in time. Okay. They do once they get to the news article. Okay. But right now they're not the Helen Commandos. Um, and he basically asked, you know, I'm not going to ask you guys, but, you know, I'd love to have you guys with me. And they all agree. Um, you know, they pull another Marvel joke about opening a tab. And everyone in the bar gets silent all of a sudden. And in walks Peggy Carter in this like skin tight for the time in the 40s dress, just turning heads, going to talk to Steve. And I think this is a pivotal point in the movie. Because while he's talking to Bucky and Peggy walks in to do this, Bucky was always the ladies' man. Bucky's the one who brought the girls to Steve. Mm-hmm. He was always the the good looking one, you know, the, the big one. She just goes and, right uh, past Bucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's great. And she didn't even look at Bucky. If you noticed, mm-hmm. she just, she only had eyes for Steve. And then Bucky is just trying to hit on her. And Peggy is not having it. Not even looking at him. He talks about going dancing. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, and which is a reference for uh, earlier finding in, the right partner. Yeah, yep. she actually says the right partner, gives him a time. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there. Or, well, yes, ma'am, I'll be there. Oh, um, turning, next thing we know, I'm turning into you. I'm turning, <laughs> that's right. Next thing you'll know, um, Stark's taking apart that clip with the Tesseract bullet in there mm-hmm. and goes, what is it? And I just thought this part was hilarious because it's, it, very a la Tony when he's experimenting. Yep. Um, that just shows Tony gets it from his dad. He, you know, he kind of pinches it with a little claw and it explodes and he goes flying back. And the, for, I think for the first time they realize, hell, we're dealing with something major here. Yeah. I think that's when it really hits them. There's a, yeah, uh, that little scene, which I didn't know at the end, just now kind of as we're going through and watching it again. There was a, uh, a documentary I watched about the uh, demon particle, which is all post mm-hmm. World War II stuff, and they were doing a lot of testing with uh, uh, radioactive material and, well, I guess it was like uranium and stuff like that. And they had uh, a sample there, and, and that's what it looked like with Tony doing that. You know, super minuscule stuff and the tiniest movement caused the reaction. Like a lot of people died from it because the the way the guy was. Um, doing the testing like they had it encased in the uh, protective like dome thing and he's using like a screwdriver and a ruler or something trying to lever it open and i'll find that i'll get that out for you guys too but it's just right a, that little little bit there right and i don't know if you guys noticed this but kyle and i love picking apart this kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's just fun for us and we appreciate you guys listen to us about it um 
a lot of don't, these I just don't end that tidbit. Um, you know, like we, I mean, we we make no, you know, we, we're not hiding it. We've got another screen pulled up, and we're going scene by scene, and so you'll see us looking over a lot. So we're watching the uh-huh. movie. Uh, with you guys as we're kind of going through it and breaking things down. And and uh, I like it because some of these I haven't seen, you know, in years. So my memory is a little foggy. Chris is going back and rewatching them right before. And, and uh, I do some uh, when I can, but it's it's great to go back and do this because we're pausing and we're, we're skipping ahead and we're pausing and skipping ahead. If I'm just going to sit down and watch the movie, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit down mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the movie and I'm just going to enjoy it for Be what it is. But this you know, gives me a chance to kind of sit down and break it down like frame by frame and and really just scan over each scene and try to grab something, uh, you know, a little tiny. So like a lot of the stuff that you hear us say, oh, well, this part, this part, a lot of it we knew, a lot of it Chris knew, but a lot of it we're catching too just really quick as because we're, we're pausing as we're going and looking at these scenes. So that gives us a chance to kind of grab these cool little things and throw them out there to you guys. Right. And it's not like we're watching this for the first time. No. Like Kyle said, it just, it may be a little foggy. It goes back to episode one. It's hard being an older nerd because you forget shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so, it's, it's all coming again, back to me as we go through it. Yeah. But we're not hiding this at all. No. Um, we just can't show you guys because, you know, copyright stuff and all that. But. <laughs> yep. So, but Peggy's out there talking. And then all of a sudden, uh, Natalie Dormer's character who is literally only in two scenes in this movie starts hitting on him and then just starts just tongue punching him. Yep. She pulls him back and just starts tongue punching him. And Peggy comes around the corner and the look of a woman scorned was on her face. Yep. And Steve's like, uh, I got to damage. I got to damage control. Agent Carter, agent Carter. And she's like, I don't think anything. Nothing. Every time I see a pretty blonde-haired, blue-eyed female in a World War II era movie, and they're they're on on the good guy's side, I always think secret Nazi. It's a secret Nazi. Yep. Because, I mean, Indiana Jones has has given me trust trust issues with blonde-headed women in Nazi themed movies. Personally, I like, I like the uh, brown hair women. Not, not yep. a lot of the female Nazis that were. You don't. Well, I take that back. I guess uh, crap. What was her name? She was in. Uh, she's been in a lot of movies, but she was the one that yelled alarm. No, she was. Never mind. That was. I'm getting my Austin Powers and my Indiana Jones cross. Never mind. Carry on. Fo- Foxy Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Alarm. No. <laughs> Uh, Peggy basically, you know, this is where it goes back to the fondue joke. He goes, aren't you in Stark fondueing? And Peggy just rolls her eyes and goes, you still don't know a bloody thing about women. And just goes to show that he's the ultimate super soldier, but still didn't know shit about women. No, not a clue. Um, Stark's going through his new armor, his new, um, I think, was it Kevlar? I thought he was using... It's carbon carbon polymer. But he's using vibranium at that point. Well, he was using vibranium for the shield. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Never mind. I got too far ahead. So I, he said, I hear you're kind of attached. Um, and she, he said he came up with a bunch of different shield options. Um, 
but then he sees this one round one that's below there and he's like what is this one and you know it, it isn't spray painted at the time and he goes oh no no that's just a prototype that's vibranium stronger than steel twice as you know sound absorbent third of its weight and then this is the first time we hear of vibranium which plays a major part in the marvel universe because we know that vibranium only comes from wakanda we don't know this at the time it'll take us 10 years to get there to find this out um but for those of you who knew the lore vibranium comes from wakanda only have we somehow start got a hand in it have we had the uh what is stronger vibranium versus adamantium conversation we have not but i think that should come up soon if it, if it, well, if we haven't yet, it's going to come up soon in the MCU anyway. It's going to have to. <laughs> yeah, sooner than later. Mm -hmm. With the introduction of Wolverine imminent. Yep. Um, listen to our Nurkies. We'll talk more about that. Um, I'm sure there's a heated discussion online somewhere about adamantium versus vibranium. Um, I, I think we need to do that in an episode coming up anyway. Which both um, came from a very close geographical area to each other. So. Mm -hmm. So Peggy walks up. Steve goes, what do you think? And she doesn't say a word. She's still pissed. Mm -hmm. He goes, what do you think? She grabs a gun, doesn't say a word, grabs a gun and just starts firing. And these bullets just hit the ground flat, basically. And she just sighs and goes, yes, I think it works. And then just puts the gun down and walks past him. Gives him this go-to-hell look. Up before that point, did they even mention, like, bring any mention at all that, hey, this shield's bulletproof? Nope. Not at all. Damn it, Peggy. Yep. And Steve gave Stark this, this thing um, of, you know, I got some ideas for the costume. And this is where we have the classic cap costume that we see yeah and he's slowly Steve. looking better <laughs> yeah and this is where he has that harley bike you were talking about too i think it's a harley at this i'll, I'll see when we get to it. i'm pretty sure it was it's whatever not, the bike is it's an awesome bike whatever he, it is i know he ends up riding one at some point and I'm, I'm trying to remember if it's this early into the the series or not but it's a uh i don't know if at this point they're calling them the howling commandos hmm. but it's a montage of like them attacking Nazi bases. Oh, and this is the, you know, who else rode a Harley in the, the whole Marvel universe. Oh, Scott. Oh, Wolverine. Well, he's, he stole Scott's. He stole Cyclops's bike. Well, in the movies he did. In the movie. Like, Cause Wolverine was a big Harley rider in the comics. Yeah. And he stole Scott's bike at one point in time. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Crossing universes, but now it's all the same universe. Cross the streams. Okay. <laughs> don't cross the streams mm -hmm. um but you know we go through this montage and then next thing we know this is what i thought was an iconic clack cap moment too he's leading through the forest he's obviously ahead of everyone else they have their guns drawn and then he sees something grabs his shield and tosses it hits this nazi in a tree hail this hydra and it comes back to him this is the first time we see cap's shield you know bounce off something and come back to him showing that the classic that um cap knows angles well enough mm -hmm. to know how it's going to bounce and come back that's always been his thing too he's super smart yeah. you never want to play a game pool against cap no never. or jenga or jenga yeah 
definitely not Jenga. But this is where then they get to the film. Peggy sitting watching this film with the general, and um, this is I believe where they call him Cap and his Howling Commandos. Um, you see them all sitting there, and Cap opens up his compass, showing, and there is a picture of Peggy inside of there. And the general just gives her this smirk and Peggy just kind of looks over at him and kind of gives this little smile, but it shows that this is the pocket watch that we see later that cap always keeps on him with Peggy's picture in there. So, which means there's something between cap and Peggy, which we knew from the get go. Yeah. Well, there's some with cap for Peggy and, you know, she just had this look like, the egg on my face look because he yeah. didn't know he didn't know he was being filmed. He didn't know that they were going to capture that. And she knew that he didn't know because that's the type of guy he is. And just that look on her face was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> that's what it was. Damn it, Steve. So, <laughs> so next thing you know, you know, another montage of them attacking this base. And this scene where cap there's an explosion behind him and he's throwing the shield and it's coming right at you like 3d style Mm -hmm. that's that opening scene when it does the marvel credits of cap throwing his shield that's that scene right there oh okay did you watch this in 3d Uh uh-huh i believe i did i didn't watch many of these in theaters at all i watched a couple but i watched most of them i don't remember now that scene would have been awesome in 3d I don't remember. That was 10 years ago. I barely remember if I've even watched this movie. I'm just making sure. I remember I was cold last night and that was it. Mm -hmm. But there were some cool 3D like scenes, and the skull is just getting pissed at this point. They're destroying all their factories. And we are getting towards the end here of. You know, we know something. We know everything's coming to a head at this point. Yeah. The skull's getting pissed. How did you they only have the like one, They only have like what one factory left at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the iconic train scene that Kyle referenced earlier that was in his sketchbook. And in Cap's sketchbook, not and, my sketchbook. You guys don't get to see ske- that. Yeah, and no, Kyle's sketchbook's private. Mm-hmm. So Bucky and oh, another one of the Howling Commandos. I don't know which one this is. He speaks French, though. I know that. Um and Cap all zipline onto this moving train. And they're going in there. And what this is cool, like you have these massively armored. I liken them to the first time we saw the in the new Star Wars movies, the flame troopers. Yeah. It's kind of like that. These guys come out in this with this massive gun shooting at Cap. And of course, you know, Cap demolishes him and Bucky's pinned down. And then there's another gun guy. It's just a big fight scene on the train, which is just awesome. Just shows. I love know, train, and, train fight scenes anyway. They're just cool. Mm-hmm. And, I've been in several Marvel movies, or at least, well, I, I say several, two for sure that I can think of. But What was the other one? Um, there was one in the Wolverine. Was the Wolverine the one where he went to Japan? Yeah, that was the bullet uh, train one. Uh, oh yeah 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 and oh it seems like there was another one that i'm not thinking of uh if you guys know of another i'll look it up and see but i know for sure at least these two um 
so then there was another you know one of the big gunners that shoots at cap and hits him in the shield and blows the side out of the train why is this important because this is about to be um a pivotal point a turning point in the captain america saga does bucky, bucky get picks shot? Up, no well bucky picks up cap's shield and the guy shoots him and he doesn't have the super soldier resistance that cap does so bucky goes flying once this this energy weapon hits the shield because it absorbs sound it's, oh yeah you know, vibration and bucky's holding on to the train and cap goes to get him and then bucky just plummets to his death with a laser laser we're doing we're doing air quotes right mm -hmm. now plummets to his death they captured that's Zola. where i was going with that one yeah <laughs> They capture Zola and they bring him steak. Tommy Lee Jones does, and they're talking. They're basically just trying to get them him to give up the locations of everything. Mm -hmm. And this is where we find out that he may not be as afraid of them as he is of Hydra at this point. Yeah, um, I like how they, when they bring him into the interrogation room before they bring him steak, he notices like the little little splat of blood on the floor that was probably almost intentionally put there. I could see a Tommy Lee Jones character doing that just to intimidate him. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, and this is this is where you find out that at this point Zola has totally drank the kool-aid the hydro kool-aid where before he was kind of on the fence this one you know he he basically thinks of red skull as a god at this point and you find out that um his targets the whole world and you see that giant plane at this point too it's it's a bomber of some kind i don't know what kind i mean it's a um it's very early uh, stealth bomber looking like it's the B-52 that has that profile. Or not the B-52. Yeah. But, um, Super Fortress. No, uh, it's not the B-52. It's, uh, it's the single wing. Oh, I know what you're talking. The stealth bomber. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't think of what, what it's called now, but... But basically... Um... You know, uh, Skull's basically given his his speech, and in in the grand scheme, I don't think it's a big thing. It's just Skull saying we're basically going to destroy the world. Yeah, not a big thing. Not a big thing. Um, but then you see Peggy finding Steve in this bar that's been destroyed, and he's drinking alone. And you come to find out, he goes, he did say my metabolism would speed up. So you know, it sucks about, and he's resistant to poisons and stuff. He goes, you know what that means? I can't get drunk. And he's just trying to get drunk because of Bucky. Yep. And this is when he, um, after Bucky's death, this is what cements that Cap is going to destroy Hydra at this point, Red Skull and Hydra. Yep. This is when it got really personal for him. Extra personal. I mean, it's already been personal once. He's went after Bucky once to save him. And now it's revenge for Bucky. And so, yeah, it's, I mean, he's doing it for duty and country, but he's, 
it, once his personal vendetta got thrown in the mix, and that's when he just goes uber badass. Right. Next thing you know, you know they they're having their war meeting, and then all of a sudden Cap is on his. Did you figure out if it's a Harley? Uh, I'm skipping forward to get a look at it. I'm about to pause it. Um, yeah, they're at the war meeting. I could probably just Google it to see. Huh. But so I'm Cap's pretty sure that's driving what, on his... what they rode anyway. So, all right. Remember, so Cap's driving sure. on his bike. It's a very, very customized bike because it's got trip wires. It's got flamethrowers on it. He's got all these Hydra agents after him, and he's just taking them out left and right with his bike. And then the next thing you know, he pulls the pin on of one of them, uh, the grenade that's on there, and just they explode. He puts his shield up front, and the shield actually isn't damaged at all. It's like the paint job is just scorch marks from like explosions and stuff. Um, I heard it. It was a Harley. It was a Harley. Okay. Yeah, it's a 1942 Harley Davidson WLA Liberator with custom editions. Um, that's awesome looking. Mm-hmm. And then we get the big fight scene where Cap rides in and explodes the Harley. Which I'm sure was sad for Kyle. It was a sad moment. <laughs> that the bike didn't so get enough screen time. Oh yeah, there's their, no, it didn't. their uber futuristic looking Hydra bikes. Bikes. Which I think they're really cool looking. Oh personally. yeah, they're really cool looking. It's I don't know what they are. But Cap gets in, he's you know, just demolishing everyone, then he gets surrounded by the Hydra agents. And he gets captured. And you're like, no, 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 no. Cap doesn't get captured. But then you kind of quickly figure out this is all part of the grand plan. Mm -hmm. If you didn't figure this out, you've never watched a superhero movie in your life. Or a movie. Extra cunning Cap. Extra cunning Cap. And then he's going to talk to Skull. And Skull actually punches him. And, you know, a regular punch from someone wouldn't do anything to Cap. But he punches Cap in the stomach and then the face, backhands him, and Cap's down on his knees, gasping for air. Yeah, he feels um, it. He definitely and then feels he look, it. He does feel it. He looks up and he tells him, "I could do this all day." Line comes in again. There it is. Um, from there, all of a sudden, here's the plan. Guys, jump in. It's the commandos. Jump mm-hmm. in and rescue Cap. Ah, they're such badass. They really are. So these are just the normal rescue. dudes coming in mm-hmm. and like raiding a super villain's cliche mountainside fortress. These are your first elite shield agents. Yeah. Is what they are. Um you know this and you can tell this is the this is the scene this is the fight scene that we've been waiting for um you know the americans that are charging in are getting disintegrated by these weapons and you know dum dum ends up getting one and so he's disintegrating people and lo and behold who do you see in the middle of this fight too running in with the americans it's tommy lee jones and uh peggy carter yep which i thought was awesome to me, if I was a bad guy and I saw Tommy Lee Jones running towards me, I would surrender at that point. 
like because you know it's not going <laughs> to. I would gonna... just jump into. I'd just jump into the dam. Mm -hmm. Damn. Damn. That would be. That would I'd be jump into the dam to get away from him. Like, oh, he's making dad jokes to the end. Damn. Mm -hmm. Damn. Uh, um. Where can I get some yeah, damn so... hydro soldiers? <laughs> damn. So we get more into it, and you know, Cap throws his shield. His, his skull's trying to get away, and he lodges it in the door. And of course, the doors can't break it; it's vibranium. Mm -hmm. Pe Peggy tells Cap go after him, and you see the tesseract uh, skull is inside the plane, and the tesseract's in there. And he starts up the plane, and Cap's. Cap's going after him at this point. And you see what the target is. Is Do you remember what the target was? New York City! New York City! So Cap is just trying to get into the plane, but the plane takes off. And he can't. he's not fast enough to run after it. Because it's, you know, a plane with jet engines and propellers. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden... Peggy and the general show up in Skull's uber long phallus car. Mm -hmm. Phallic car. The Dickmobile. The Dickmobile. Um, it's it's uh, Ace and Gary's car. <laughs> God, I haven't thought of is. that in so long. Very, um, very ambiguous automobile. It's very ambiguous. Um, they hit the turbo boosters, and this thing is fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's catching up to a plane. Well, as long as it is, it's got to have like 72 cylinders. So. 72. <laughs> yeah. The old the old German V72 um, Uber Palace is really. Overcompensating. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Steve's about to jump and Peggy pulls him closer and they actually share a kiss. This Aww. this is we knew it was leading up to this. It was a moment. Just a it was a moment. moment. And this just cements the the legacy of Steve and Peggy, I think. Mm -hmm. Like the love that they shared. Yeah. And I really think it lends a hand to German automobile engineering as well. I think I think it does too. Mm -hmm. I think it lends a hand to German automobile. <laughs> so um to show the stir how sturdy vibranium is too. Steve's ducking to try and get on this plane and the propeller hits the shield and nothing happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Steve gets on the, on the plane. Um, he sneaks on and all of a sudden German soldiers are starting to mobilize. Well, he sees these bombs basically yeah. with Chicago, New York, all the major cities of America at the time. It really goes to show on. like how organized Red Skull was. Like he labeled everything. He had a list. B Robert would love this. <laughs> <laughs> he got up in the morning and he said, I shall label this New York. Mm -hmm. As he's sipping his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Like a mental image of just Red Skull, like walking around in loafers in like a bath, like not a bathrobe, but like a smoking <laughs> jacket, drinking his his fresh brewed German coffee and just right around like a German's choice, mm -hmm. Hydra's choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Labeling the rocket, uh -huh. 
You will go to Boston. You will go to Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Well, do you think he had a cup, coffee cup, that said this is Red Skulls? It's like, who touched my cup? World's greatest Red Skull. (laughs) World's greatest Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) We crack ourselves up, folks. (laughs) Um, Steve's fight the people. They jump in, and these end up turning into, like, propeller planes. Um, that pause on the labeling. Bombs. Yeah. Yeah. Put pause on the labeling. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but Steve jumps out into one. Like so, Steve is in the middle of the air. This shows, you know, holding on to this punches through the damn cockpit, basically. Yeah. And is flying back into the um, the super fortress or whatever it is you call. And as you're talking about the guided bombs, remind me to uh, talk to you about the uh, the chicken guided bombs from World War II. I wonder if we ever oh. get anything that would involve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. And yeah. now that I'm looking at it more, it does look like that the the stealth bomber. Yeah, is what they what they actually did back in World War II to to do. They had guided bomb technology then, but they had like a small camera connected to the bomb itself. And uh, they trained chickens to peck at pictures of ships. And so they would have like, a th- I think it was a chicken, like a chicken in the bomb. And the, they would peck at the picture and that would guide because they couldn't like remote guide mm-hmm. the bomb. And so, yeah, they would use chickens to guide the bombs. That was like the early. I hope I'm not totally pulling that really? out of my ass. I swear I watched or read about that somewhere about chicken guided bombs. And we're going to have to read about this now. And <laughs> I, I hope swear it's, it's, a thing. it's actually kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, actually awesome. Release the cock guided missile. So okay, we're we're looking at this more. Um <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm, gonna... no, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying not to think about it because I'm just gonna crack up the rest of the episode, which we're it's, at the end here. I'm gonna crack up the rest if I think about this. It's so clucking funny, okay? It. It's a thing that... it is clucking funny. Oh, you're just pulling my feathers now. Oh, um, Ah, oh, it wasn't chickens; um, it was pigeons. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, they no. In our universe, it's it's chickens. Nah. They're cock bombs. <laughs> way um, cooler than a pigeon. It is way cooler than a pigeon. But it does solve the pigeon infestation problems that some cities had. They, they not only eradicated them, they put them to use. <laughs> they gave them jobs. Yeah. Um, and so caps flying the bombs. <laughs> The bomb, he's in there. He's fighting Skull. Skull puts it on autopilot, and Steve's trying to crash the plane. He puts it into a dive. Yeah. And they both go flying, but, you know, both being super soldiers, Skull makes it up there and levels out the plane, puts it on autopilot, and he's just firing his weapon. And it's the classic good guy, bad guy fight scene, is what it is. Um, he shoots at Cap. He's got a shield, and Cap throws a shield, hits Skull where he hits the Tesseract, which causes this major, like, um, you can see the energy going everywhere. Yeah. And the Tesseract goes out. Um, you get a little flash of Skull the cosmos. Picks it up with, right. And that's what it is. And, and Skull picks it up with his bare hands, and it activates. 
and then like Kyle was saying, we see get a flash of the cosmos and Steve starts to figure out what it is. And then all of a sudden skull starts disappearing. Like it, his skull becomes a skull and like mm-hmm. he becomes like energy or he's transported. We don't know at this time what it is. Yeah. We know this is a, the Tesseract's a, uh, an entity of immense power, but we don't know what happened to skull. Right. Hits the ground and just melts through the grating and just goes down there, you know, starts falling through the, the cockpit. And, um, Steve calls it in and tells Peggy, I, you know, I've got to put this thing down. She, Peggy picks up, he calls base and he tells her, you know, I've got to put this thing down. I don't have very much longer. It's over water. If this thing explodes over a populous area, that's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. I've got to put it down now. And I think at this, at this point in time, this is, this was an, Oh shit moment for me. It's like, Oh God, he's going to sacrifice himself. Even though I knew what happened in the comics, you know, that yeah. cap was frozen. I don't think I remembered it happening quite like this. How was he, how do you remember him being frozen in the comics? Do you have a good recollection? I, of that? And that's the thing. I, I don't, I need to go back and look at that. I don't recall how he was frozen in the comics. Mm. It wasn't because of an infinity stone. I don't think though. Mm. So I got to look that. If you guys know, put it in the chat. Yep. Um, and I'll look that up too. But, you know, now we're looking and Steve's going to crash it and they're talking about how they're going to be a date. And, you know, Peggy said, told him, don't be late. You know, they're going to go dancing. Mm-hmm. And oh, the heartstrings being tugged. And, and that's what it was at this point. Um, she's like, He'd say, you know, I'd hate to step on your, and then boom, it just went all static from there. And Peggy just lost it at that point. She kept going, Steve, Steve, and she's crying. So you knew that, you know, Steve was gone at this point. And mm-hmm. then we see the wreckage in um, the Arctic, basically. Um. Yeah, and then melt, the ship starts through and it sinks down. Yep. And next thing you know, we have we have the scene of you know the Allies winning the war, mm-hmm. and they're all drinking to cap. The Helen Commandos are not celebrating. No. Then the next thing you know, there's this really um, claptrap-looking portal <laughs> robot in the water. Well, James Cameron shows up. And camera shows up. <laughs> well, or um, or Jack Black now, because Jack Black's supposed to be Claptrap in the movie. Oh. They just I cast forgot, him as Claptrap. I forgot there's going to um, be a movie. I was thinking yeah, uh, Titanic when they're like, or didn't James Cameron oh, make yeah. an expedition to... <laughs> yeah, he did it, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think he went down there. Um, <laughs> that crazy son of a bitch did it. <laughs> he did it! But... We see it's Stark it, um, retrieving the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. So we know the Tesseract's been retrieved by Stark. And then there's a picture. Uh, Peggy's going through like Steve's file, the hand or something. And it's a picture of not Captain America, but 90 pound, 5'6 Steve Rogers that she got weepy over. Which to me, that hit me in the feels right there. That was like, okay, 
she truly loved him for him, not mm-hmm. for being Captain America. Yeah. She loved Steve Rogers. And then, you know, we have a kid with a, with a, with a shield, um, with a trash can lid, like cap shield. Yep. And he's playing. And then all of a sudden it goes dark, but it only goes dark for a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember what this part is? What happened on this part? Um, I do not. I'm going to see if it's getting ready to come back to me though. I'll let you go over this part. Um, so you get some, uh, radio chatter, um, hearing the radio. So the, then you see, uh, Cap's eyes starting to open up. And so he's waking Mm -hmm. up. So this is, uh, he's hearing things on the radio. Um, he's still wearing the shirt from the, uh, uh, what you call it? From the, the 40s. Uh, from the 40s. Um, he's listening to... I wish I knew what game this was that he was actually listening to. I think that would yield some stuff to it. Um, lady walks in. He asks... What did he ask her here? Um, guess what time it is? Oh, he asked where he is. Where am I? Yep. Um, he's in a recovery room in New York City. You know, very confused... Um, still listen to the Dodgers game on the radio. And, you know, it's a very period correct room that he is in. Like, it's, it seems very odd. And then you see her just, like, hit this little switch that she's got in her hand. Huh. And, you know, it's all it's all a ruse. He was actually being held in... I'm just going to guess it would be like a... Uh, acclimation type room or whatever to to adjust him to the new environment so he's just not fully in shock but right now we see him in um what's because he said did did you mention that it's because he knew he was in the wrong place because he knew he was at the game oh that's what it was yeah he he told the the month and the day it was on and the year i think he did um and he said um this game i was there yeah and that's why he asked, where am I really? And, then and it just... All hell breaks loose of him busting yep. free. And then May he's, 41. Yep. He's in downtown New York City now and just, you know, taking in that 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 time travel shock. And um, he's finally cordoned off and you see uh, Nick Fury approaching um apologize to him for the little show right there. So that's that's when we we know okay, we're getting we're seeing some more Avengers come together now. You know, Collector Nick is grabbing all of his uh his toys. All of his toys. Let's get, let's get him out of the closet. And uh it explains to him, you know, that he's been asleep for almost 70 years. Um yeah, still just trying to take it all in. Because um, he's in the middle of Times Square, where mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Times Square. It when I the first time I went to Times Square, it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. and I'm from today. Yeah, can only imagine you know being asleep for seventy years and trying to take this in. And then another tug at the heartstrings of his final line for this movie was, "I had a date." Yep, which is right, oh. in the, right in the feels, man. It really does. And you just sit here going, 
oh, he had a date. And that's it for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Easter eggs I had for that, where I think we went, honestly, went over almost all of it. Um, yeah, that's it. We we hit it all. So. Yeah. I mean, we had the post credits uh, where he's punching the punching bag. Uh, you know, punches through it, knocks it down. Fury asked me if he said trouble sleeping. This is where he asked him to join. Tells him he's there with a mission. And the mission is to save the world, not to get back into the world, but That's to right. save it. That's right. That's right. And then you start seeing shield headquarters. They show, I mean, on Disney Plus, it does show the uh, the preview to the Avengers movie, which probably the trailer was probably already out by then. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess because I think it was was it known then that this is what was happening? This is what was going to happen. I don't remember. I think it did though. I think okay. it did. I can't think that far back. <laughs> so now we've gone through uh, two hours and forty minutes of Captain America. Ooh, yeah. So, but. Uh, now we haven't done this in a while, so now is the time on the show we call Nerd Drome. Two nerds enter, one nerd leaves. The uh, other nerd is a little sad because he lost. Uh, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take some uh, some names from popular culture, nerd culture. Uh, we throw them into a, a randomizer, um, and we're going to do the classic who would win in a battle uh, debate. But we throw a little wrinkle in there where we don't know who we're going to get. That's totally random. We don't know the location that the battle will take place in. Locations had some uh, effect on it, but we also don't know the activity that we're going to be doing. So it's not going to be a typical fight. Um, we've had, what do we have? We had baking a cake one time. We had zombie apocalypse survival. And so the biggest, baddest, and strongest is not necessarily the automatic winner. And so we'll run this through and you guys will see in the, the video description, we'll have a link to the discord in there. And we put up um, every week, whenever we release an episode, um, you guys the opportunity to vote on who actually won the, uh, the nerd drone battle here. And we'd love for you guys to go out there and vote on that. And so I will tell you guys, I have not won one yet. Mm-hmm. You really, you really have to be like, I mean, you have to really, convince be convincing with your argument you have to be a master debater to really knock out solid in the nerd mm-hmm. room well and the thing is we don't have any time to prepare for this so we're just literally talking mm-hmm. under our asses no if i've looked out and i've got that's, characters i've known every time but as soon as i get one that i don't know it's going to be terrible <laughs> well and that's what makes this kind of fun mm-hmm. all right so can you see my screen okay mm-hmm. i will go first Baba oh, Hotep. That's a good one. But it is, but I don't remember anything about the movie. <laughs> I I don't either. I just remember I liked the movie because I had Bruce Campbell and I, I thought too. he was Elvis. So yeah, and and he was in a retirement home, and that's all I remember. Wait, so was that's going to be a little difficult? Was for Chris. Baba Hotep was that the character that he did play, or was that the? We may have messed up on that. I think we might have messed up on that. Uh, because Bubba. Bubba Hotep was the actual. That was the mummy, wasn't it? That was the mummy. Yeah. 
It's a very oh like, damn it yeah because it's Elvis yeah because so oh man so Bubba Hotep yeah but we the, we man Bruce Campbell as Elvis in this I'll, I'll give if you so want to take the mummy man. you can take Bruce Campbell or you can take the mummy I'll give you the one I don't care I'll take the Elvis because it's the the mummy wouldn't do anything <laughs> so I'll I'll go with the if you're gonna give me that I'll go with the Elvis okay I'll give you that cool. because All I, right, I really done? may need some forgiveness with whatever I get here. You know this one. I'm good. Homer Simpson. I got Homer. Damn it. Damn it. Oh. Location. Yeah, Homer Mummy Battle would have been fun, though. The Satellite of Love. Okay. From Mystery Science Theater 3000. And the event. Grilling. Grilling. Ooh. Oh, boy. Um. Okay, well, I picked first, so I'll go first. Okay. Bruce Campbell as Elvis from Bubba Hotep has been transported to the Satellite of Love mm -hmm. for the sole purpose of grilling. Now, Elvis loved peanut butter, fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches, so he would have grilled the shit out of those. Um, the reason why is because he knows how tasty they are. The event is just grilling. That's all he has to do. Elvis became chunky, not to fat shame. He became fat Elvis in the later years. So you knew he liked food. Yeah. He loved food. He liked women and food. And he knew the way to a woman's heart was through good grilling. Literally, that's all I have for this. I don't have anything else. So, uh, and I can't figure out how to use the satellite of love on this. I am literally drawing a blank. <laughs> so Homer... <laughs> Um, in preparation for grilling, he, he has a very special sauce ready. And so we, we just said grilling. So we're, we're not assuming, you know, a particular food. So he could be grilling chicken. He could be grilling barbecue chicken. And you know that you're, you're, when you're grilling and barbecuing, your, your end result is only as good as the sauce that you use. So Homer's going to have a great sauce to be able to use. I mean, he's going to have, you know, it's, it's going to be a good, good beer influence sauce with Duff, but the base of almost any barbecue sauce is tomato. But Homer has a little something special up his sleeve, not just any tomato. He has some tomato. So... <laughs> With Homer's Duff and Tomaco uh, barbecue sauce, which is probably amplified in its um, addictive ability. Because if you don't know, Tomaco is a cross between tomato and tobacco. Some goats get addicted to it. Bad shit happens. But just like with anything in space, cosmic rays are probably going to amplify the effect of this. So being the satellite of love is just going to work to the advantage of the addictive properties of the tomaco once they're hit with the cosmic rays. His tomaco duff cosmic barbecue sauce is going to be so addictive that he's not going to be able to make it fast enough. He's going to be able to make millions off of this move out of Springfield wherever and retire on the beaches of wherever he wants to because of 
the uh, the amplified properties of the tomaco buff or tobacco tomaco duff cosmic barbecue sauce. I rest my case. I think we know which way this one's gonna go. My <laughs> argument was shit on this one. Like I could not literally think. Of, I did. I could not think of anything for this one. So I mm. I'm vote hell. I'm gonna vote for Homer. That's how the crumbles cookie right there. Yeah, that's exactly it. So shit, we're gonna post it in the when it's time mm-hmm. vote i think we know which way this one will go what are you reading or watching this week sir um well since we did an episode <laughs> we recorded last literally night, yesterday you you can say the same thing nothing has changed uh so in this past week i have uh, been continuing my journey through the fox men fox x-men universe i'm about to wrap that up i did read uh, house of m uh, which is at the time of recording, still free if you have Amazon Prime and uh, Kindle. You can read House of M if you're into WandaVision. Um, I'm reading it because it was highly recommended by uh, my co-host Chris here and Justin, who does the Nurkies with us, that it is central, it is likely very central to the plot of WandaVision. So I did read that. Mm-hmm. It's a short read. You can knock it out in an hour and a half or so. Um, but I will go back. As long and- as you don't read as long as you don't read the comp- the companions to them. Yeah. Just the main storyline. The main story was that. Now I've got to get off into the companions and all that. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that's, that's my reading and watching lineup, uh, for this past week. And I probably this week I'm going to try to, uh, recover from my anime interruptus and finish watching cowboy bebop. Um, nice. and then finish watching the, uh, X-Men movies. I think I just have, I think I'm on to the Logan now so oh, yeah. i just have a couple left so i am reading or watching um i'll go with the latest chapter of one piece came out one piece has been going on for 20 years it is just epic and i love it um it's a manga and they're on the one uh wano wano arc um it's the samurai arc and it's coming to a head like it's the big battle with luffy versus two of the emperors of the sea it's just epic and I can't get enough of it when it comes out and it's been so sporadic lately. It makes me want to read it more. So that's what I'm reading. What'd you, uh, um, what'd you learn this week? What did I learn this week? I learned that when you and I get going on, um, shit we like, we can talk forever. Mm-hmm. So I learned that that is a, I don't know if that's a strength or a weakness. Well, and like, and this is just something, this, this movie was one that I'm just not, I've seen it a couple times, but I'm not super familiar where I can quote things and, and really recall a lot of stuff. But, you know, it's, uh, it may come off like, oh, well, he hasn't watched this at all. Like I've watched it a few times, um, but, uh, you know, struggling to remember, but I can, you know, I'll end up off on some damn tangent about freaking pigeon chicken bombs and stuff like cock like bombs <laughs> watch out cock bombs we need to make a shirt cock <laughs> bomb egt and cock bomb mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that's when i get a when i get a thought in my head that i want to share I, like i've got to get it out because i know i'll forget it if i don't get it out right then so that's why you guys mm-hmm. got cock bombed tonight because i just had to get it out there <laughs> what did you learn is that what you learned too no, uh, we can combine I, them. No, I learned that I am a better Viking than Chris this week. 
Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Chris gets yelled at a lot when he's a Viking. We've been playing Valheim uh, in streaming. So if you guys don't know, it's a Viking-inspired survival game. It's out on Steam right now. It's like 20 bucks. If you like survival games, it's fun. If you like Vikings, it's fun. We're just kind of scratching the surface of it. So um, I'll be streaming that quite a bit, I think, now. Uh, It's a good, good group stream that we can do with the community. Uh, so you guys kind of be watching Discord uh, for that. I'll be throwing some stuff out there for that um, in our EGTN and my Discord both. Um, so we're always looking for, hopefully for more Vikings, we'll have a dedicated server soon. And uh, so I'm the Viking den mother. He is. Chris is great at grilling meat and punching deers to death. So And, and trees. Mm-hmm. I make sure that there's supplies and there's food in there because literally I'll put it all in there. And all these bastards eat literally all the food. And then my guy's like, I'm hungry. And it's like, oh, there's no food. Yeah. Poor Chris, didn't, well, for I'm the longest running. time, he didn't have an axe, didn't know how to make an axe, and didn't tell us that he didn't have nor know how to make an axe. So I think he spent like <laughs> four hours just running through this Viking wilderness, <laughs> punching trees and bringing back lumber. And so, like, all of us are really good with swords and axes. We've leveled our things up that are pretty good. Chris is like a freaking brawler, like level 30 unarmed skill because level 30 punched, unarmed right now because all he's done is punch trees for three days <laughs> oh, but it's so fun <laughs> punch three that, punch trees and punch me so that, yeah both and mm-hmm. and cock bombs and cock um, bombs we're, we're gonna make shirts um mm-hmm. so with that um our next episode will be the final phase of final part of phase one the yep. avengers um shit if we took three hours for captain america avengers is going to be at least three hours we mm-hmm. appreciate you guys sticking in there yeah we, we may have to split that one into a two-parter it might possibly be. um so, so i hope you guys made it through this the, we barely made it through yeah, this. i do too <laughs> with that i'm chris and i'm kyle and this has been every man's guide to nerding thank you guys for sticking it out this long and we'll see you on the next one See you later. Nerd coke, rise up. It could get elevated. Nerd.